Oi, you lot. You're listening to Chopper. Episode 289. On tonight's episode, the manlings are talking about the realm of beasts and the wars going on in Thundia. So shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to Garage Tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. Bringing you the realm of beasts, incarnates of the realm of beasts, and all the violence and death that comes in the realm of beasts. I'm David Witek, and with me, as always, is my co-host, the one, the only, the fantastic Christopher Walker. Chris. Hello. How's it going, brother? Good, very good. What'd you think? Uh, of Thondia? Yeah. I like it. It's cool. This is a pretty like cool it. book. Yeah, it's neat. I figure, is this, is this pretty much the default way to play now? Is this what we're going to be doing? Because it's like in the app. You can like make armies with this book as your... You yeah, know. I don't know that it's the default, and that's the thing that gets confusing. It's like, if mm. you want to play with this, you can. Mm-hmm. You know, like it even says that in the in the in the match play stuff. If you want to use these, there's the rules. Like you can decide to play Thondia. I mean, it, it we've still got general Gur rules in the yeah. General's Handbook, so I'm assuming that's that's the the base way, and then this is the optional way. I guess. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't play with this book. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, unless you don't have it, you know, because it, oh, sure. it, I don't think it's, ne- I don't think this is absolutely necessary Yeah. in order to play. Now, if you're playing narrative play, holy mackerel, is this book yeah. something you need? Because the options are when you make an army in the app uh-huh. is you got to choose an army, an army faction, and then you choose a grand alliance. So I'll just do it. And then it says, choose every time, and then pick faction. Uh-huh. And then it says, choose battle pack. And your choices are contest of generals. Okay. Pitched battles. Okay. And stripe and thondia. So pitched battles would be your general default, the one from the general's handbook. And then yeah. thondia would be your other option. So Yeah, because contest of generals is... What's that? That's, uh, I got no idea what that is. Is that in? Is that? You know, I don't know. I don't know enough about this game to be doing a show about this game. How'd you like my <laughs> song? I just made it up. Oh my gosh! It was fantastic, so, wasn't it? Admit it. Admit it. I could have been a rock and roll star. I could have so been a jukebox think, hero. So I think the difference is. So the battalions. I love how you just ignored all of that. By the way, that's amazing. <laughs> just like, you know, you're used to it by now. You've been on the show long enough. Appreciate oh it. Listen, uh, let's talk about that after we go through the other, the super important stuff. Yeah. The sponsors. First of yeah. all, the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include Chaos Org Superstore, Six Squared Studios, and Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I was there this weekend. I was there twice in the past week, which is more than I've been there in the past, like, three months. I was there at the same time as you. That They bought out that whole next-door spot in the in the strip, and it's all gaming tables now. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. That's the next thing we got to do. We gotta, I got to rewrite their commercial. In fact, mm-hmm. we're going to have Todd on uh, in the next week, and I think he'll be on before the next episode maybe, or maybe he'll be on on this one, depending on when I can get him in here. Cool. But... Uh, 
we're going to get Todd in, and he's going to tell us all about all the stuff that's been going on at Grognards because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, our Patreon patrons, all of those people who have decided that this show is worth contributing to, and those include our associate producers, Christopher Sanders and Jake C., our executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne. Thank you all for being a part of the almost 1% that make this show and everything we do on it possible. Um, Also, Chris, guess what? Yo, what's up? Did you know we have voicemail? Uh, I've heard legend of it. (laughs) Legends of it, that's right. And we do, we have voicemail. We got two of them right now. Now, I'm going to play some voicemails, but if you, the listener at home, was like, hey, how can I leave a voicemail? I would say to pick up your telephone and then dial 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers, dial 00, and then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. And then you, too, can leave a voicemail and be on the show, like Brandon from Columbia. Again, leave it another message, because he loves the show. Hold on. Hey, this is Brandon from Columbia on the Fourth Chalk Express, and I'm uh, talking to those schools in the garage. Hey, I'm uh, taking a trip to uh, to Durham, North Carolina, um, and uh, listening to the Idenes Deepkin uh, War episode. So, thanks for the content for the trip. Um, question: So, you guys have talked a lot about the the um, lore behind the Thrallmaster, and I was curious: Did you all? You're, I mean, obviously he's an outcast and all that, but is it possible that he's maybe an outcast because he treats the Namardi with dignity and respect, um, unlike the other Achilleans do? Um, it's just like workhorses and soulless automatons. Um, so, because um, I could see that that would cause some political uh, strife with the other Achilleans, um, which would also mean that. Why not put him with the Namardi if he likes them so much kind of deal? That'll show him, but actually the Thrall is not so upset by that. So anyway, want to know your thoughts. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. Hmm. You know what? That is completely possible. I mean, yeah, they I say would... basically anyone who doesn't quite fit into their society. Yeah. And that would be a total person who's kind of a misfit and doesn't fit into the general society, wouldn't it? Right. I would, I would, yeah, I would think there'd be all kinds of different thrall masters there'd be those that would yeah maybe would identify with the people under their care and like took out take you know look after them and there might be other guys who are just total jerks and like just treat them as you know yeah you know know, they treat them badly you know i think there could be either one but yeah i could see that as an option sure yeah absolutely cool actually yeah it'd be a good like uh you know, it's like a good... A nice narrative ed- uh, ring for your character, right? Yeah, yeah. It'd be a cool, like, black library story, you know? Yeah. All right, so, good friend of the show and good personal friend of mine, Ryan Nickel called. You know Nickel. Uh, of course, yeah. Nickel called, and uh going to play that one next. Dave Whitek. Hey, Nickel here. Wanted to give you a call. I uh, haven't done it in a while, but I'd just let you guys know that you guys are doing a great job. Hey, this is this is uh, Paul Frickman, and I want you to know that I've listened since the end times, and this is fantastic. I really enjoy everything you're doing, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
so two of us here, we're at a Kill Team Brewery event. We thought maybe we should just let you know that uh, we love listening to your podcast. We love you guys. Great seeing you at Depscon uh, from my side. And keep up, keeping up. And Paul's going to fanboy every time he can. Uh, I'm trying to get Paul to come to Depscon, and uh, he's going to fanboy out on you when he gets there. All right, peace. Wow, that's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, there's Nickel and and Paul. Was that a, was that a a brew event? I, I feel I like think so. Yeah, I may have had something to do with the impetus for that phone K- call. Kill perhaps. Team Brewery event. Paul Krugman. Yeah, no, Nickel Nickel runs a lot of Kill Team and 40K events out there in Minnesota. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and so uh, yeah, so then they, he called. I know they were doing they were playing something up that weekend and. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was yeah, it was last weekend, and they actually called. Uh, and Nickel actually called me, except I was at Harrison's graduation at the time, and I was like, mm. you "Can't talk at graduation." And then the voicemail yep. came through. So nice. thanks, Ryan, and thank you, Brandon, and thank you, Paul. Yeah, for, for for being a fan. That's kind of awesome. I love when people call up and they want to tell me that they like the show. Makes me happy. Now, listen before. We move to a commercial break, okay? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people get, uh, I, I've had people actually, you know, your whole, whole first segment is just ads. It's a joke. I'm just going to look at your numbers and go right to the first segment, okay? I mean, that's <laughs> cool, dude. I, I get it, you know? Um, however, before we move on, um, Patreon patron, fan of the show, and supporter Scott Milne is running an event in October. And uh, I am, uh, he, you know, he basically told me about it. And so I, j- I just want to promote it up here on the show. Now, if uh, you were to join the Facebook group, you could find his post in uh, on the Garage Hammer Facebook page. I actually pinned the post so that way people could find it. And I'm just going to read you what he wrote here. And then you guys can do... The rest, if you're interested. Um, Coming this October, all in support of Cystic Fibrosis Canada, the Battle for Breath, Nuffle Cup 2022. That's right, folks, Blood Bowl, because Blood Bowl's kind of awesome. We've got lots of amazing prizes available. We've got a Duncan Rhodes Academy paint set. We've got a copy of Blood Bowl 2020 rulebook signed by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jervis Johnson. That's right, the Jerv himself. Going to put it on there. All of this and more available through the event. Email them at Battle for Breath Organizers. That's one long word. Battle for Breath Organizers at gmail.com. For more details or to get in on your chance to win some awesome prizes, Sunday, October 23rd, 8 a.m., Waterloo, Ontario. Uh, it's O-N. I, I believe that's Ontario. Canada. The Battle for Breath Nuffle Cup. 2022 so guys uh if if you are blood bowl fans uh this is this is going to be a great event also join the facebook page and it's pinned so you can go get the information right there in case you're driving and can't write down the email address uh for later so there we go um and a lot of people have been posting their uh, art, their painted models, and a lot of stuff on the Facebook page lately. So yeah, that's great. Thank you all that. for that. Because, yeah, I absolutely I love checking all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. 
So that's awesome. So there we go. That's the stuff. That's the info. That's the skinny. That's the 411. All those other hip, cool things that I shouldn't be saying without upsetting children. (laughs) So uh, let's take a break. Let's take that break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk Thondia. No, we're going to do the toolbox. Yes. Because Thondia actually is pretty short if we're just doing the lore, unless you want to dive into all 30, 30 flippin' pages of narrative play rules out of it's a quarter of the book dude narrative yeah, play never gets that kind of coverage like matched play with all the new stuff it's got is got what two four six eight mm-hmm. it's like 12 pages well i mean you know, like that's a bunch, what, a, yeah a bunch of this is the anvil of apotheosis i mean my god but that's cool. That's, yeah, it's super that's cool. very cool. So we're going to take this break. We're going to come back, and then we're going to get going. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we're back. Hello. What's up? What's up? <laughs> All right. The toolbox brought to you yes. by <laughs> Pardon me, I had to hack up a lung. Jeez. I'm dying. That's not a good pain. I am so congested and messed up right now. I was so sick. I have not been to the health club in two weeks. I, my bronchitis flared up. Mm. I got my spring cold, like, already it's summer because it's been, like, winter, 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 winter. Yep. And then it was yep. 90 for a week. Yeah. And so I opened up every window. I drove with the windows down. I caught a chill. My bronchitis flared up, and now I'm a hot mess. That's yes. why. That's that. And between that and going to Harrison's graduation. Yeah. Because I was at Harrison's graduation last week. Because let's talk about some other from the toolbox. The boy graduated in three years. That's good. Yep. UIUC, three years. Had his schedule been a little bit more compact, had he been able to get the proper classes, could have done it in two and a half. Yeah. That's how that's yeah. that's my son. That kid is a freaking genius. I, I'm gonna toot my <laughs> I'm toot his horn there for a minute. Has nothing to do with gaming. But when you when you got a kid who's cranking through college and he's got two and a half years and he's like, Oh, I couldn't get the schedule right, so I have two more classes I have to take. So the yeah. whole the whole sixth semester is ju- literally just because he couldn't get you know the classes he needed because with classes yeah. being canceled and switched because of right. COVID and all that, he got messed over. 
Did he go during the summer too? No. Nothing. No, this is a kid who him and his friends took enough AP. This kid he walked into he walked into UNC oh, sure. a second semester sophomore. Right. Like he literally had a year and a half of credit under his belt when he walked in. Yeah. Yeah, why not, right? Bananas. Yeah. Of course That's I good. didn't realize you could take uh AP cla- AP tests if you didn't take the classes. Oh, sure. I didn't realize you could do that. It's apparently yeah, you just, so, yeah. You just study for them. That's yeah. all you got to do. And when you got a lot of smart kids like them, and they do smart things, you know, I got all these classes down, and then he's got friends of his who are just like getting the little study guide books. Yeah. And you like, lo- you, you know, literally have nothing to lose by taking it. Yeah. At 60 bucks a class, it's, you're, you're basically gambling 60 bucks on an mm-hmm. entire college course. Right. Even if you get three credit hours. Yeah, you know, well, that's you a do full bad. Class, on, you yeah. do bad on the test, and you get three credit hours. That's worth it. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's crazy the kind of stuff that you that you're able to do. So, mm-hmm. but that's why that's why folks were putting out two <laughs> instead of the tenth and the twenty fifth. <laughs> around like the twenty fifth and the twenty eighth because it's yeah. been a busy month. But it's gonna it's yeah. oh we have so much planned for you guys. Have no idea how much we've got going on. Oh boy, it's a lot. All right, toolbox. Yeah, hobby. Mm-hmm. What you got, Mr. Walker? So I obtained uh, an OCR Bone Reapers Army from a listener, and it was, I mean, it was like maybe like a third of it was painted at. Um, so I didn't paint all of it, but I painted the rest of it minus two things and touched up the stuff that was painted and then did all the bases and all that stuff. It's kind of rough and ready, but, you know, it's done. So it's fun. So it's kind of good. painted up a, a whole army in, a, yeah. in about a month. Yeah. God bless him. Except my, minus two things. I still have two things to go, which are big things. But Is it one of those, is it one of those uh, bone collecting machines, the bone mower? Yes. Yeah, I got to paint the goth as our harvester, which isn't going to be too bad. That thing's easy. Yeah. I just... I just I just been, I got distracted and I started painting other stuff, um, and then I have to paint Ark in the black, which is going to take a minute. Yeah. But uh, but I but I painted what did I paint? I painted twenty Mortag guard, and I finished twenty other Mortag guard. All right. I, so here comes the question. Yeah. So now, which armies for AOS do you not have? Because I know this is one of the few armies you didn't have. <sighs> right. Which armies do you not have? So I don't have like a legit daughters of Cain army but i took care of that this weekend at grognard games and i got because the new book came out i picked up the um there's always something happening at grognards i picked up the arena of shadow box at grognard that's uh that's that's night hunt and daughters of Cain. right 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 and i saw and i already have a butt ton of witch elves from before so, so there you go so i can repurpose all my witch elves and all the characters and then use the stuff that's in that do you box. have a marathi i do not okay so you basically gonna, need I, a marathi and you i don't have, know I, i'm gonna play the army without marathi i mean that's fine but she's so awesome that's such an she awesome cool. model so you've right. got most of a dok army but not a complete dok army what else are you missing um hmm. let me see let me just yeah. I was fire, gonna let say. me fire up. Let me fire up the app here and see what I got here. So let's see. Chaos. I got beasts of chaos. I got blades of corn. Disciples. He knights. Megan. Skaven. 
slaves. I got all that stuff. Okay, so you Death. have all the Chaos Armies. I don't have a Flesh Eater Quartz Army. I have a ton of... Well, I, maybe, maybe I do, because I have a ton of ghouls and crypt uh, horrors, or crypt, you know, the gaunt, the... the you just need yeah, a, the big one. Yeah, I need I need like terror. I need a terror guy, basically. I don't have that. I but think I have, I have like Ostark, bone reapers, and I have a soul like grave lords army, but an old one. Okay. It's all skeleton. It's all skeletons and. But stuff. you have one, is what I'm saying. I do. I have just all tons right. of skeletons and zombies. Yeah. Okay, and and dire wolves. And um, you've got start. ogres. I do. You've got I have orcs. a gloom spider army. I have orcs, and I don't have a sons of behemoth army. Okay, so you don't have okay, but th- 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 and that's good. Because if you're going to be missing an army, that's the one to be missing. That army's right. dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I, I love I the like, concept of it. It's just there's like it's. Uh. Man. All right. So order. You got cities. Yep. Okay. Daughters of Cain. You, we said you have most. You have fire slayers. I, I said I have daughters of Cain. But I don't have it. Like all these things I'm talking, I have them. They're done. I could play them. But daughters of Cain, I have, but I don't have it ready. Okay. So you do have a daughters of Cain army. You just. But it's not ready. Okay, ready. but you have I it. Do, I do not have a Fire Slayer's army. I couldn't play that army. I don't okay. have an Idonath Deepkin army. I don't I don't have a Caradron Overlord's army. I could use my old High Elf army as Luna Realm Lords, but that's... I don't know how lame that is. I don't know. It's It doesn't work as well as it used to because they've got all yeah. that new stuff now. Right, so that that's probably doesn't count. Uh, I have a Seraphon army. I have a massive Stormcast army. And I have... A Sylvaneth army. And we just got that. Uh, uh, I oh, did. The, yeah. Yes, with a new thing. Yeah, we got some new things, and so that's. And wow. then, okay, yeah, so yeah. that's everything. So you are missing a, a few. Okay. Missing a few. Yeah. I'm okay, working on more it. than I thought you were missing. I thought you had all but like two. Oh yeah, I see. I don't. I like. I guess kind of like maybe like the the newest stuff. That, yeah, and that is know, it's like all the, the newest stuff. It's, yeah. Uh, like okay, the Caradron so Overlords. I don't have any of the boats. You you're know, missing. You're missing two Dwarden armies and two Elf mm-hmm. armies, and then right. the giants, and then you right. got most of the the Flesh Eater courts, but not enough. Missing right. probably a couple of characters. That's yeah, I do have. Fantastic. I do have. All, like, I do have all the Chaos armies. <laughs> yes, you do, and that's always <laughs> yeah. a good thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so what else have you been building? Besides doing besides your. Your so I got distracted. Reapers. I started. I, I was. I was painting, you know, just tons of bones and bones and tons of bones and that's kind of stuff. So I got yep. bored of doing that. Then I started. I had. I wanted to finish off my. I have uh, my fiends from Slanesh. I okay. wanted to finish them. So I had one painted. I started finishing up the other one. I got. I'm doing those. And then I finished my chariot. What else did I do? Uh, I put together. I put together Indastra. I was going to paint her. Okay, I, I love that model. That, yeah, that's a cool model. I don't. I know when that came out. You know, you had all the weird basement dwellers who were like, "Ah, oh, look at her weird chick with a shaved head," and that's just too blah 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 blah. Dude, yeah. you know, every time I look at pictures of of like warrior queens and stuff like that, their hair is either yeah. braided up on the side so it doesn't get in their face, or it's shaved back there. So I think I. I I think she's fantastic. I think she looks exactly like how you would expect a, a, a warrior queen to look. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, oh, I do have one Caradron Overlord's army. I have one of the gun, Grunstock gun haulers. Oh, nice. That's the, that's the only one I got. Um, oh, and I have a, a Caradron Overlord's uh, 
Warhammer Underworlds team. All right. I got those guys. So you got the start of an Overlord's army. Very good. I do, I do actually. Uh, um, what else? So I was kind of messing around with this uh, painting technique. I know you, uh, Rob, you know, from the uh, Honest War Gamer, he came with this painting technique. It's not a new painting technique, but, you know, it's something that he made a video of and I wanted to try it. So I did some stuff with that. Basically, you paint a model black, you know, base coat it black, uh-huh. prime it black, whatever, and then you dry brush it uh, with light gray. Okay. So I use I use Vallejo. It's called light gray. <laughs> I know. Well, there you go. Right? Yeah, it's called light gray. So far, it's, so uh, good. What is next? The la- I, I bought I bought the last one they had at Grindard Games. And then what? So then you dry brush the black model with this light gray paint. Just everywhere. Everything. So basically what that does is... Do you have to do that, is, is that noise when you do it? I you just do, want to know. You just, right. You do, that's exactly right. Okay. Because sometimes dry, it doesn't work if you don't make the noise. I'm just asking. Right. Okay. So you need, you need an actual decent dry brush to do this. Okay. Um, so I went and bought one, and it works pretty good. A lot of people use makeup brushes for that, that kind of stuff. So... Basically, what you're doing is, it's also called underpainting, is the other term for this. So basically, you're just setting up the model to accept contrast paint. Okay. So the rest of the painting is done completely with contrast paint. That's it. So it's, it's it, sort of it, like so, a, it's sort of like a weird version of Zenithal highlighting, sort of. Uh, kind of. So yeah, so you basically, so you can use any kind of um, painting, like any colors go on it. I was surprised by it. I painted like my emerald life swarm using Uh it. I just wanted to do something simple, you know, one of the endless spells and it worked great. Like the green I used like the orc hide green, I think it's called. Okay. Um, The contrast paint and it worked really well. It's a super vibrant green because what it does is, is the light gray like is your Right, no, but you got those your, black parts and all the shadows, so it gets a deeper right. green where it's so, darker. So, right, exactly. So the, the the lighter dry brush like picks up the uh, the colors, the contrast paint, and it sticks there. So it like does instant edge highlighting for you. <laughs> interesting. I may it's, have to give that a try on some of my it, stuff. It's, it's really interesting. So I painted up. I wanted to try it on like um, with like black. You know how the black contrast paint and the gray contrast paint right. that works. That works too. Like I painted like one of the uh, I painted like this. Uh, oh, I can't remember her name. She's one of the. She's the female commissar character. Right, right, right. I painted her using uh, the con this method. It came out really well. It's 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 just a really interesting way, and you could paint it. You can paint super fast. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like I finished that Emerald Wife Swarm in like I don't know twenty five minutes, and it was just done. Nice. I was like, huh? Because you don't do anything else. You literally just use contrast paints, and they do nothing. If you want to paint something like silver, you just use like the gray paint. If you want to paint something gold, you use like Agaros Dunes. I mean, you can go back, like on, on the Commissar character, I did go back and I painted like her, I just hit her gun and her sword with just 
lead belcher and then hit it with a little rune fang steel just because right. personal preference that's just what i wanted to do but literally the rest of the model all the cloth all the skin all the everything is just painted with contrast paints over that base and it's just it's so simple it's um, it's kind of neat nice very interesting so people might want to give that i think he i think he calls it slap chop as the name of it you can look it up on his video slap chop great slap chop yeah that's what it's called and (laughs) there's a there's a video of it and it's on the honest war gamer website super cool all right uh so i'm doing that uh other what i do we watched we went and saw dr strange that was cool Right. Oh yeah, are we moving on to other? I got, I got, I got some hobby. <laughs> okay, go for. It. I thought we were just. I could just finish me. Oh, whatever. Okay. Oh, I go just, for it. Okay, no. No, okay. go for it. No, uh, go for it. Uh, yeah, because we could talk about the Doctor Strange afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, Harrison's home, and we started cleaning because he's like, I haven't cleaned my room in three years because I don't live here. <laughs> And so he starts cleaning up. And then I'm like, I'm over on my side, and I'm throwing out stuff and cleaning up and trying to get stuff sorted. Mm-hmm. And I'm going in, in in storage, and I'm like, man, there's so much junk back here. I got to clear out. And I'm trying to make room for some of his stuff. So we're getting stuff out, getting stuff out. And then I've got boxes of mm-hmm. unfinished stuff, and I'm opening them up, and I'm like, these are like three boxes of terrain stuff that I bought. Like... When they came out with all that cool Sigmar stuff, that was the really large, you know, large pieces like the big round and big square. Yeah, the storm know. vault stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, some of this is built, some of it's half painted, but I'm getting it out of the boxes, getting it like in, into the into the terrain, you know, uh, tubs that I have. Yeah. So that I could use it because it's just sitting in boxes. Then I realized right. I got two boxes of stuff. It's like Warcry and other stuff that's just not even built like terrain. So I just sat down the last couple of nights, like you know, it's like Harrison's home now, and we're we're sitting around, we're we're watching Bleach, and I'm like, I'm gonna build terrain. I'm like, gonna get all this, so I just, I'm just sitting there, cut, 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 build, 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 oh, slap cool. it all together. Everything's built, everything's stored. I have like, I've got to have about three tables worth of terrain now, like just oh, going awesome. through stuff, going, oh my god, I have all this terrain, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, and then I'm finding stuff, like, oh, I thought I got rid of all my 40k stuff. I've got enough. Of this, I've got enough basic, like smaller 40k terrain that I got enough for a, at least one, maybe two kill team tables. Oh, cool! I'm like perfect because that's all I want to play is kill team. Yeah, because I don't need to play 40k right now. Although I am planning on playing Horus Heresy when the new stuff drops. Because yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so I got all this terrain done and all of it packed and put away and everything resorted. Went through all my old battle foam. Like, okay, what's here? What's here? What's here? Sorted all the models. Mm-hmm. Got stuff put away. Now I was. Uh, I I did uh, Games Workshop was nice enough uh, to send a uh, Arena of Shades over, oh. and uh, so I've been building the Night Haunt part to add it to my yeah my stuff. Also, I then I realized uh, I had uh, all these zombies that I bought to get real zombies back into my because I gave away just about all the Mantic ones mm-hmm. to Patreon patrons. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like oh, I need zombies that are you know good zombies. So I bought them. I bought like two boxes. And I started building them, and I realized I couldn't put anything on bases because all of my death armies are on those stupid custom bases. I decided to do back when I really cared. Yeah. Because you know you're going to tournaments and your friends all paint better than you, and you want to at least get some points. You're like I gotta have something custom <laughs> on here. So custom bases seemed easy, right? Yeah. So 
I had all the, I'm like, I can't build any of this unless I do this. So I sat down the other day. Now, I've been doing this thing where I take everyone's I, – I remember when I first started doing any sort of custom anything. Everyone's like, get Milliput. Milliput's great. Okay, you take the two sticks, you mold them, you bend them together. Now, yep. there, you know, it doesn't go that far because there's not a ton of it. Plus, it's kind of sticky. Somebody yeah. suggested this to me a long time ago, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, it's, uh, I forget what this stuff's called. Harrison, could you grab me that green block over by my chair, buddy? Um, I bought this stuff. It's basically sort of like Play-Doh, except... It's better than Play-Doh because it's, it's called Plasticine, and it looks like clay. Mm-hmm. And I bought – it was 15 bucks for two kilos, so it's Jeez. like four and a half pounds. It's called Plasticine. And uh, what I do is I'll take a, a box – or yeah, it, it listed never hardens. It's got this stuff that's just – it's sort of – like I said, I've had it forever. I've used about half of it. And uh, it's sort of got a bit of a Play-Doh-y consistency, but it's a little thicker, not mm-hmm. so grainy. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll take a, uh, a box of Milliput and I'll mash all that up. And then I'll take mm-hmm. a plasticine, a little less than half the amount of the Milliput. And mm-hmm. once the Milliput's all mixed really well, mm-hmm. I mix it in with the plasticine. Nice. Uh, it, it slows down the drying process on the Milliput a bit. And it basically, uh, it makes it a little better to use rollers on. Hmm. Um, before I actually put the roller out on it, like I, I take some parchment paper and I take a flat roller and I roll it out pretty flat. Yeah. Uh, and then what I'll do is I'll take uh, baby powder and I'll just sprinkle the top with baby powder before I hit the roller on it. Mm-hmm. And it'll roll out really nice. And it actually, you know, you get a lot more. If you just use the plasticine, it'll never dry. Like, it'll never harden up enough to use, but it stretches out your milliput dollars really far if you like to use milliput. Um, Now, I ran out of milliput, and I was going through and cleaning up, and I found a box of Sculpey. Now, I haven't used Sculpey in ever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had it, um, and Sculpey, I got it. It was a one-pound box, and it was like 24. I think they wind up costing like I think like eighteen dollars for a one pound box, something like that. Hmm. And I was like, Sculpey's a little expensive, and it's it's thicker, it's a little harder to work with. People always like, and plus you got to bake it to dry it, and yeah, that's a pain. But I'm just doing bases. I'm like, I'm gonna give it a shot because I was doing it for these sets. I rolled out my forties, I rolled out my thirty twos, and when I got down to rolling out twenty fives for the zombies, mm-hmm. I ran out of the milliput. So I took there's like five little bricks of this stuff in the one pound box. I took about half of one and I've never really used the Sculpey that much, but I sat there and I needed it and needed it. And it's a, it was a pain to work with compared to the Milliput, like to get it to work it into usable stuff. Mm-hmm. But man, once I really rolled it out really well uh, and flattened it out and then I put that roller over it. Yeah. They, it, they look so clean. That's cool. The milli, the the sculpey, the roller doesn't get stuck. No, and the sculpey was really like I said. It's because it's I don't know what it is, but boy oh boy, these look sharp. Like the details were really nice on them. 
You have to post one on the Facebook. Yeah, I'll in fact I'll send you some pictures just to show you because I got yeah. pictures of both of them. Um, and then because they're nice and thin, I threw them in the I threw them in the toaster oven. We got one okay. of those. We got one of those ninjas instead of using the big oven. Yeah. I threw it in there. Uh, it said put it on a metal pan. I put it on there with a piece of uh, uh, parchment paper just because I didn't want to put Sculpey on where I cook food. Yeah. Uh, it said 275 for 15 minutes per quarter inch. It didn't seem quite enough after 15 minutes. I cooked it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't smell. It didn't make any weird smells. It didn't because I didn't know what it would do. It came out so nice. Hmm. So nice. I'm so excited. So I just told Harrison, I said, now I don't have to do all this extra work. I could just use this. Uh, in fact, uh, I was using the roller, and it's, uh, I forget what it's called. I just, I was looking at it before. But I was on Green Stuff World looking. They've got some new rollers. And I was like, oh, I might do this because I'm thinking in order to get, uh, what do you call them, the endless spells. Yeah. And I'm going to have to take them off their bases. But, you know, when you go to tournaments and stuff, they all want all of your stuff to match your basing. Yep. And so I'm like, I've got a lot of these things on here, but I, what I was thinking was I could do uh, a runic basing or something that looked like spell runes because they mm-hmm. have a roller for that. And I could roll out those for the endless spells, and then they might not, it, it, whether the bases are based or not, they've got a look that is unified between the endless spells and looks kind of like it belongs, like it's got something that's unique, that's yeah. interesting. So I was like, oh, I kind of like this. So it's one of those things where it's always a pain to get started. Like I hate rolling base. I always complain about it, but once I get started, it's right. kind of fun. That's cool. And oh yeah, that's Sculpey. That's super Sculpey. I got extra firm super Sculpey, and it held such a great look. But yeah, so I've got like, I've just been I've just been building stuff like crazy. The hobby has been yeah. going wild. Um, I have three armies now that I have to finish painting, um, and I've decided that as I start the painting, <laughs> I'm gonna do this. So you got your cruel boys. I got my cruel boys. I still yeah, want. I got night haunt stuff to finish up because I got some yep. new night haunt. Now I don't need to paint all of this because mm-hmm. that box set comes with ten of the the sword guys. I got like yeah. enough sword guys. I don't need to paint these off the yeah. bat. So that was perfect for me because I have zero of those guys. Oh, yo, did yeah, not know that. that. Was perfect. No, that's perfect, perfect for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means you've also got a bunch of daughters of Cain stuff. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So we could get some swappy swaps going. <laughs> yeah. Swappy swaps work. Um, yeah, but then it's like, so I got the zombies, and I got this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've got sort of my death stuff, mm-hmm. and I've got the cruel boys, and Harrison's realm lords, which we kind of, oh, right. we, we've decided on a color scheme, the, the, the mm-hmm. what types of blues and whites we're going to go with. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to do with blue and slightly creamy. I think we're going to go with just slightly off white, so we don't have to go with the super white. Mm-hmm. But so I've got all this stuff to do, and I was kind of looking at it all, and I didn't know where to start. And then I was painting cruel boys, and it was like I've got like fifty cruel boys, just the basic boys to do. Yeah, like and that it's like, that's yeah, the gut red is like so much. And I'm looking at it going. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do one unit, just whatever mm-hmm. the base size of the unit is. I'm going to paint that. Yeah. Get one unit done where I'm happy with it. I'm going to write down my little recipe, and then I'm going to go take a unit from the other army. Mm-hmm. So instead of just sitting and just doing the same thing over and over, uh, like I'll just go from each army, do a unit for each. If I could do one unit for each army in the course of a month, mm-hmm. it'll take me forever to finish a whole army, but there'll be progress all around, all over the board. Yeah, I just I did assembly line batch painting for the Mortec Guard. Yeah. I just, oh, my God, he's... Just crank through them five at a time, you know. Uh, see, and I've done that before, and I kind of get 
it, there's times that I'm good with it. It's like if I really get into a groove, I'll pull out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the last time I really did that was when I batch painted 180, 180 of the same models. Oh God, yeah. Just going through. It was like, and it uh-huh. would take like four. It was like, it was like four or five hours per color. You know, it's like okay, everyone's got to get hit with yeah. this. And you go through a hundred. It's like, and it, that's kind of soul crushing at times. <laughs> and it's hard to go back to any of that after you've done it. Yeah. So I think I'm just gonna just like do that. It's like I'm not gonna s- concentrate on an army mm-hmm. because that gets daunting. And I've got so it's like you know I kind of I'm enjoying painting my playing my crew boy. So I want to get them painted up more. So that way when I take them, it's not all gray plastic. Yeah. I've got most of a night haunt army already painted. Well, I have a whole night haunt army painted, but now with the mm-hmm. new book coming out. Who yeah. knows if I'm going to need different things, you know? Right. So, in fact, I'm going to need different things. So, <laughs> Well, you bought the, the All Rock the Drowner guy. I did pick up All Rock the Drowner, and I built them all, and then I realized I should have just sort of sub-assembled him because that model is bananas. Yeah. That model is all over the place. Is it big? No. It's on a 60 mil base, and it doesn't come off the top of it. It's tiny. Hmm. I, I'll show. I'll grab it during break and show it to you. But he's basically. Uh, I got him standing next to all those sword dudes. He's twice as tall as one of the sword dudes. That's it. Huh. Wow. It's a tiny model. Compa- I mean, hmm. but everything in the Nighthawk army is small. There's not a big model in it. It is no bigger. The black in- coach is pretty big. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about the coach. If you, <laughs> but but if you don't count the coach, like. Mm-hmm. Look at all the big. I mean, Rikenor the Grimhaler is a, is a is a larger calf model. Yeah. Um. And then you've got uh, the the uh, Kurdros and Lady Olinder. They're on small. Yeah. They're not big models. Yeah. And this the the uh, and and the the Drowner is still not a huge model. But there is a thousand points of detail on it, and it's all covered up. I realized I screwed up because I can't get in there and paint it now. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. I'm just going to get it done. Yeah. But it's there's so much stuff, and I've built so much, and I've been doing all this. And it's like my hobby juices are starting to flow. Excellent. And I might even I might even bring some of this stuff over with me on summer school while the kids are working on their stuff and just be like, beep, 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 get some stuff done <laughs> while I'm sitting here. But yeah, no, I've been having a blast. And that's so that's been my hobby. So but cool. I have not done any gaming because I've been all over the place working. So uh, we haven't had a chance to game. Yeah, but, I haven't played a game in a while. It's not since Adepticon, I think. Oof. Yeah, I think that was my last game, too, which mm-hmm. is that's like a month. It's a and bummer. A half. Yeah, yeah, it is. Bummer. Um. So, other you said you saw Doctor Strange. Did you like saw it? Doctor Strange. I did. I loved it. Yeah, I've seen cool. it twice, and Harrison hasn't seen it yet. He's back from school, so we may go. Uh, maybe tomorrow. Oh no, we're yeah. going to see Weird Al tomorrow. Maybe mm-hmm. a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're going to go. But I loved it. I know some people didn't think it was great. Uh, if you're not a huge horror movie fan, you may not like it as much. But uh, I flip and loved it. That's a yeah. That was some really good Sam Raimi. Uh, Sam Raimi uh, action adventure movie there, right there. Yeah, it was cool. it was cool. I mean, I can see, and there wasn't actually a lot of, I don't know, maybe there, was there? I don't. If you didn't feel like there was a lot of content in it, it was more just like fighting movie. You know? I thought there was. There was a lot going on, but that's there the was thing. A lot, but yeah. But the, I mean, you're jumping between all the multiverses. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. There's so much happening that you're like, oh yeah. my god, what is going on? Yeah. It was exciting. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And uh, and like I said, now I'm just rewatching Bleach because they're getting into the final, 
the final story arc is going to be coming out on uh, mm. an anime. So I haven't watched it in years. So I just talked. That's cool. So Harrison's like, yeah, well, we you should rewatch it so you get up to you're up to speed so you know yeah. what's going to happen. So I'm like, well, you're home. Let's do this. And the beauty <laughs> is Harrison knows it really well. Okay. So um, he's like all the filler arcs that they were just doing in the anime when they didn't have more comics to do. Yeah. He's like, I know exactly where the filler arcs are and we can skip them. Because there's like <laughs> 600 episodes of Bleach, and he's like, we can oh skip God. almost half of it. Wow. You know, if you just skip the filler arcs. And it's like, and some of the filler arcs aren't bad, but I just want the actual story that was in the, in, in the, in the comics so that I can, right. so that I can just watch. So that's, sure. that's what we're doing now. Yeah. So uh, reading, if you're doing reading. Uh, just this stuff, uh, reading Night Haunt and yep. reading Thondia and reading mm-hmm. Daughters of Cain. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Uh, so, yeah, I've read Thondia, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been reading the Indomitus Crusade stuff, so Dawn of Fire. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gate, Gate, of, Gate of Bones. <laughs> and I'm on the third book now, which is the Space Wolf one. Really? Yeah, it's good. Nice. Um, I have been listening to the Witcher books on audio, but then I forgot hmm. which ones I list. Like, I had to take a break, and uh, and now I'm not certain which. Like, I, I'm like, oh, which ones did I listen to? Like, which because the like the 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 order they were released here in the United States is not the proper order. <laughs> so it's like you got to figure out like where like how to listen to them. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I messed this up. That's kind of like the Horus Heresy when it first came out. Like all these books came out like. I don't remember what order these came in. It was, oh yeah, it it was difficult. Now they make it painfully easy, but back a while ago it was not. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, which ones can I skip? I don't want to read all these, you know. I hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so I think that's everything. Is that the toolbox? I think so. All right, why don't we take a break and then we're going to come back and we will start Thondia. Sweet. All right, back in a moment. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. We're back. Here we uh, are. Hello. It's hey. us. We're talking Thondia. What's the up? season of war in Indeed. Thondia. Uh, so, 
this is all right so this is crazy all right for those of you who don't know what Thondia is maybe you didn't pick it up because it is it is um it is a supplement that gives you uh new ways to it's got a few pages of match play rules it's got yeah. 30 pages a, th- a quarter over a quarter of the book is narrative play rules like and like you said there's a lot of that is the anvil of apotheosis yeah, like five pages of that's anvil but there's yeah. a but there's a ton of uh you know if you want to play path to glory stuff using this because mm-hmm. there's some great stories mm-hmm. uh there's some great artwork of course and then there's this the 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 narrative portion the the, the lore portion which is kind of yeah the lore portion is is neat cuz well i mean it's it's actually furthering the story. So if you've been reading the Broken Realms books and then Army books up to Deepkin, this is like the next chapter kind of, you know, it just keeps going, keeps it's, the story flowing. And it does it in a very interesting way, kind of moving the story along yeah. but jumping between the different some of the different participants in, in some of these yeah. early incidences. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a lot of the stuff like that's in the Dominion box as far as Stormcast and the Cruel Boys are in it. Yeah, 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 so yeah. It's like it's 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 like they pick the armies from the Dominion box and they're in this book as like the main. Because yeah, you this is this is the stuff that was happening that yeah. that, that box was based on, mm-hmm. and this was going on. Now, if 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 you're if you're unfamiliar with this, now if you've been listening to the show, you know that. Um, recently, we had all these all the books from the from the big story arc before third edition came out. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, uh, Teclas mm-hmm. uh, banished Nagash again. Yep. And all of this other stuff goes on. So Alarial has done the this huge life spell. Yeah. Sort of con- countering a lot of the death nonsense that yeah. Nagash has put down on us. Um. It's so funny. I keep thinking back to the end of the Teclas book where he banishes Nagash and then Alario comes like, you know, you're awful. You think you're clever, don't you? You're awful content with yourself. And he's like, yeah, I pretty much am, aren't I? And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you, you have no idea the consequences of these actions. And he's like, yeah, well, I think I do. And then you read it. It's like, but the thing that has caused the most trouble seems to be her spell. Right. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Alario let go a huge life spell. Not maybe it it, it it's not of necroquake proportions, but in many ways it is. Yeah. Um the life spell runs through all the realms. And now in the realm of life, in her realm, all the everything's growing and it's wonderful. But things have started to grow in every realm, whatever that realm has. Right. Well, um, that's how that's how freaking Kragnos got released. Be, well, and here's the problem: mm-hmm. Gur is not just the realm of beasts. The realm itself, as we've talked about, the yeah. tectonic plates are chewing each other. The it's mountains alive. Move. The entire yeah. realm is 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 violent and you know almost seems semi-aware. Right. And this light eating each other. Yeah, the continents eating each other, the mountains moving, the trees. Like if you fall asleep in the forest, you get you get ab- ab- absorbed by I mean the plant life is right. dangerous. Everything this okay. 
to put it in a in a in a in it's not just a 40k term, but there's I remember I read a, a science fiction series when I was a kid called Death World by Harry Harrison. Mm-hmm. And Thandia is a de- I mean not Thandia. Gur as a realm is a death world. It really is everything in Gur is trying to kill you. Right. Like, like literally the land, the plants, the mm-hmm. everything is trying to kill you. Right. And so, she just yeah. pushed life energy through all of it. Um which basically woke it up. Yeah, and some some factions are thriving in this environment. So it's like this is like a playground for Oryx and stuff. You know, Greenskins are like, yes. Oh, the entire <laughs> destruction, the entire destruction Grand Alliance is yeah. is doing amazingly yeah. well here. Yes, yeah, ogres are loving it. You know, but what you get from reading this book, which I thought was interesting, is not only is Gur woken, but first of all, the no, we all know that the mortal realms were formed from the the winds of magic, yeah, which was formed from the stuff of the chaos realms, right? I mean, that's the magic coming through from the chaos gates was all that magic coming through, and then it was yeah. broken up into the different they had a realm stone, right? Is what right? Yeah, it was all warp stone, but with, I mean, the different winds of magic all came from the world that was when they broke mm-hmm. that stuff into the different winds of magic, and each of those separate winds then coalesced and formed these giant realms right well turns out they're sentient yeah which is seems like bananas yeah because you can apparently it gets so concentrated that the it just creates these incarnates yeah but the thing is gur is the most obvious but as you're reading this book it very much points out that all the realms have awakened a bit yeah uh, and another interesting thing that it mentioned here is that, uh, th- first of all, this particular incarnate, the uh, the Kronspine incarnate, uh, it was talking about the different incarnates, and we'll get into this when we talk about some of the lore, but this Kronspine incarnate can basically be from any realm. If it looks like this, it's called that because of that's what it looks like because that's when it came from this area, but it's like it literally can come in multiple different realms and things like that. This is a fascinating bit of lore this book if you like lore is super interesting yeah there's a lot of cool stuff in here little little nuggets of information buried in some of the text boxes it's it's really interesting yeah so let's just let's let's jump in with the very beginning when it starts talking wild dominions uh as we were saying girl alone in girl alone everything can be considered an enemy it literally says that in the first paragraph. All yeah. the mortal realms are dangerous. In Gur alone, everything is an enemy. Anything that survives there is does it because it's more dangerous than the stuff around it. Uh, that gets really wild. Uh, and then I do like they do, they do talk about civilizations mm-hmm. because there are civilizations in Gur, which you were like, how can that possibly be? When literally the five major tectonic plates have been shifting and devouring each other for dominance. The actual large masses of land are battling each other almost on a subconscious sort of level, but no longer subconscious. Um, The lands are too volatile to host the great empires of the other realms, and it's indigenous peoples too in touch with their own savage ancestry. 
Uh, survival in Gur has come through kinship with your own predatory soul. Few nations have risen in Gur, and fewer still have endured. That's not to say such is impossible. The heartlands of the Amber Realm are relatively stable when compared to some of the wilder expanses. And the continent of Thondia, in particular, has for centuries been the hub of mortal kind. So that's why we're playing here, because this is the most stable. Yeah. This is where we've managed to create the most enduring uh, uh, you know, uh, places, civilizations. This is where Excelsis is, City of Secrets, you know? And even that's on the coast. Yeah, on the coast of Tusks. Mm-hmm. Dawnbringer Crusades constantly marching out. Um, so th- like, that gives you that little backstory, and then boom, we're into the timeline. we got four cool pages of timeline stuff, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, and this goes through, and there's a lot of stuff we've covered before, right? I mean, it's oh, ta- yeah. uh, a lot of this beginning stuff is talking about when you had the, you know, the Draconith and the Drogrook fighting against the Dragon Ogres because the Dragon Ogres were the common enemy of everybody. Of course. When are we going to get some Dragon Ogres? I want those. I miss those models. And we have models. It's just... I, but I miss them in, in play. Oh, in the game? In the yes. game, yeah. That's a yeah. big Dragon Ogre lightning-throwing, you know, bros. I, I want to see that back. Yeah. But this is stuff they talked about in Kragnos. Mm-hmm. You know, and Kragnos, uh, he, Kragnos basically causes a lot of trouble. Kragnos is kind of a jerk. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's rotten. Spi- he, he's a spiteful yeah, jerk who just destroys things because he doesn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just says literally he's just mad. He's just, he's just PO'd. He, yeah, he's just, constantly yeah. fighting, constantly not lit. I mean, he's, he's yeah. kind of as awful as Nagash. He really is. When you think about all the things that Nagash did in his, before he became a god. He might not be as schemy as Nagash. Like, Kragnos just destroys stuff just for its... But still it's as, there, as belligerent know? and my oh, way yeah. or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause trouble type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, the, the Draconith had to form a pact with the Seraphon mm-hmm. and Dracothian to... And that's when he gave over Krondus and uh, Karazai. And the uh, stuff to the to to them, and they basically locked away Kragnos, and that's when um, that's when humans were able to start coming out once they right. locked away Kragnos. <laughs> yeah, they actually got a break. Now, here's a question. Uh, I'm reading this, and I'm on page nine. For anyone who's following along the book, "The Rise of Mortal Kind." Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the hunting grounds claimed by the followers of Gorka Morka and the Beastmen are ravaged in Kragnos's war. As such, the humans of Gur finally begin to establish a foothold. Blip, blip, blurp, blip, blurp. As the great wars of consumption they fought against the ogres or the mysterious silent peoples nesting within <laughs> yeah. the living mountain of Beastgrave to hear its dreaming whispers. Yeah. What, what is that? Do we know? So, what that's, the, so that's like uh, there's some like Warhammer Underworlds lore in there. So that's the so, underworld's lore. So is that something yeah. that I should know about? Because I don't really. That's in like that's in like the yeah. There's like the Beast Grave like book you can read mm-hmm. the Black Library one and. Are the silent kinda, people something interesting? Um, I don't really know that much about them. There's like there's there's definitely lore in the in the Beast Grave. Okay. Uh, underworlds like novels and the the stuff in the box set. And there's like a card pack for it for the game for okay. Warhammer Underworlds and that kind of stuff. 
then they got some cool, interesting stuff about uh, Krondis and stuff. Krondis mm-hmm. enters exile in Azir to atone for the demise of his people. Karazai gives license to the bitter hatred that Kragnos' actions have seen take root within the soul of the Draconith Prince. Begins to mercilessly hunt down any who honored Kragnos. So that's going on. In doing mm-hmm. so, he crushes many greenskin hordes. At this, t- at this time, the Cruel Boys Oryx, already largely seeking sanctuary in the deep swamps of Gur, retreat further from memory, both to avoid the Draconith Rampage and wary of the continual expansion of Sigmar's empire. I love how they write this in here. They yeah. were there. They've always been there. And this is something <laughs> right. that I it's love. been hiding. Yeah. But they do this all the time. Remember back in when 8th edition came out and the empire was writing on those. The, 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 the demigriffs. The demigriffs. Yeah, and they're like, it's a new thing, and I remember people were like, oh, they're putting a new thing, they're retconning it, to, and I remember Greg <laughs> Dan was like, no, they've always been there, they just yeah. haven't talked about them yet, like they've never right. told us yeah. about them, but they've always, so these guys were there back all this time ago, the Cruel Boys have been there, Yeah, they just, before humankind really, really got a hold of uh, you know, and became a thing. And since we're reading all the histories mostly from a human perspective, from Sigmar's right. people, the cruel boys went into hiding before the you know, and, and like sort of humans forgot about them. So they've just been hiding out this whole time. And now <laughs> that Kragnos is back, uh, yeah, they're time out. to come out. See, I, I thought you were going to bring up in Rise of Mortal Kind the bit where it says, "As such, the humans of Gur finally began to establish a foothold." Such is exacerbated when the god king Sigmar finally arrives, bringing with him the flame of civilization. So that means there was humans in the mortal realms before the end of the world that was. Um. <laughs> well, no, I I was thinking that I thought this was. Well, yeah, there were humans in there before. No, there were humans in there before Sigmar showed up there. But remember, when Sigmar showed up, there had been... I guess been he's, civil- been float- he's, he's been floating around in space for a while. He was. He was floating yeah. around in space for a long time because if you remember, when he in the Age of Myth, when he walked through all the lands with Dracothian, yeah. Dracothian showed him civilizations yeah. had already risen and fallen right. by the time he came through. So, yeah, yeah. so I, should, I, guess, I guess I misspoke, misspoke when I said they were there before the world that was. They were there... Before, before Sigmar, Sigmar showed up, before yeah. Sigmar got done cruising around space, I yeah, guess. just clinging yeah. to the clinging to the core of the planet, floating around, yeah. floating around. Um, Interesting. That's kind of cool. There's really cool stuff in here. The savage majesty of the realm of beasts becomes a source of fascination for many scholars, though this curiosity leads to the demise of many. <laughs> Yeah. And entire libraries of natural histories and treatises are penned concerning the flora, fauna, and arcane qualities. Because the entire planet is dangerous. Yeah. Um, I love what you read here. No one knows exactly why Gorkamorka eventually snaps, but he does. Mm-hmm. They talk about that, how Gorkamorka, the, the first great war, impacts every realm, but Gur most of all. Um. Only those, and I love this part, As right before the Age of Chaos, when things start going crazy, only those who had maintained the old ways of nomadic hunter-gatherers are able to escape the initial onslaught. Mm-hmm. When everything goes bad and the civilizations fall down, those who remember what it means to be hunter-gatherers, to be more sort of auric yeah. and ogre-ish. Yeah, so not civilized living in cities kind of thing. 
those mm-hmm. people do the best. But that's when cults of blood and slaughter take root and they open the door to the age of chaos. Right. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about the age of chaos, which I just love talking about the age of chaos in Gur, because this is the one place that chaos never managed to really get a hold of. And right. when you talk, I mean, and this is this is one of the things that fascinates me. This entire game, Sigmar has taken back not even really 10%. I'd said something like that. He's maybe yeah. close to 10% of taking the realms back. He's in single, you know, single digit uh, percentages still. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Gur never quite conquered. Why? Because you can't. Because not only is the whole place savage, but the orcs are never, you're never going to, you're never going to break them. Yeah, there's a box out on page 21 that is talk that talks about exactly what you're talking about right now. Where? Hold on. Uh, so on the yep. Yeah, uh, so it says. Go ahead. So it says the vast majority of every realm, save Azir, lies under the dominion of the ruinous powers, and Gur is no different. When the age of chaos erupted, Thondia's tribal societies were forced to make a terrible choice. Brutal deaths with honor or an eternity of damnation in exchange for survival. In desperation, many opted for the latter. The invasion of the Coronate armies left particular scars upon Thondia, and to this day, one cannot walk far without coming across a shrine to the Lord of Skulls or his demonic servants. Amongst the most prominent of these beings is Doombreed, an elder demon prince whose war against the last surviving tribes is still a source of trauma and terror for their reclaimed descendants. Okay, so I guess they do have a major portion of Gur too. But that seems more, we're talking, even there we're talking about the human civilizations. Yes, yep. But we've read before where Archaon has executed, like if you get assigned to, to Gur, you're in trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because everything they build, the orcs just come by and tear it down. Right. And if they don't, then the ogres come by and eat it. It's amazing. Mm. This is quickly becoming... Now, granted, I want to know more about the Realm of Shadow. Yeah, I think that's the other one. I think that's the other one that is kind of... That chaos didn't really get a firm foothold in. Not to our knowledge. Not to our knowledge. We don't know anything about the freaking Realm of Shadow. But I love... Wait, what? You didn't just cuss, did you? I just didn't hear that, did you? Me? Yeah, I didn't. You didn't. You said you don't know anything about the what realm of shadow? Realm, realm of shadow. Before that, you said a word. No, nope. I'm just making sure. It almost sounded like you said the f in realm of shadow, and I just want to make sure I you didn't did, say this. I so I don't have not. to go back and edit that. Okay, I'm I sorry. I because you don't cuss like I even no. in general life. Like I cuss like a sailor when I'm off the air, but you <laughs> don't. So that really shocked me. I'm sorry to totally sidetrack there, but I was like, oh my god, did he just cuss? <laughs> no. Okay, um, but yeah, Realm of Gur. It's just you that, and this this is when this is where I came to love the orcs. Yeah, back when they were still, when I first started playing this game, and they were still the silly soccer hooligans. I just mm-hmm. couldn't I couldn't abide by them. Yeah, but then you're like, wait, they're not. They just love to fight. This is yeah, what they are. Yeah, they're like the foil for chaos in the Realm of Gur, and they just, just mess with them constantly. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Okay, so yeah, uh, what else do we got here? Oh, at every turn, the armies of chaos are opposed by the children of Gorka Morka, who see this as one go. more challenge to overcome. Destruction cannot find a lasting victory, for their riotous nature deprives them of unity. That's why they can't take it over. And then the next thing is suddenly Godrak shows up. Or Gordrak shows up. 
Yeah. And now they finally have a chieftain, and now suddenly, mostly instinct and sudden er- surge of bestial wrath, hundred ru- hundreds of ruinous warlords are broken by the armies of destruction. Right. That's go- it's what I love about them. They just want a good scrap. Mm-hmm. They like and to after fight. After all that, Sigmar and the Stormcast show up now. Boom. Yep. And they hope for an alliance with Gorka Morka, but guess what? Gorka Morka is <laughs> not interested in that. Right. Um, and this is this is the time when Gordrak frees uh, Fangathrak, which is okay. This is one of those bits of lore that I'm just like, okay, what is ha- who wrote this and how high <laughs> were you? Yeah, it's a god beast, a giant worm. Okay, so picture yourself, your your you know your doom dune. Sandworm, right? Mm-hmm. Except when he opens his mouth, there's a realm gate in it. He swallowed a realm gate, and it's stuck in his throat. Right. And so it's stuck there. So now they managed to free him and get him out there. So now that's now they can't use it because Chaos had it chained up and held down. So right, they could so use Chaos this. can't use it now. Yeah, but it's like, wait, what? It ate a realm gate, and it's yeah. still intact. In like, this is this drives me insane. Some of this stuff. It's like, what is happening? Uh, what else? The necroquake comes in. Yet shamans and mystics connected to Gur speak of the heartbeat. Oh, this is yeah. And so you hear the heartbeat of Gur, and this goes back to more of that auric lore, where you've got the the weird the weird boys and the and the shamans and stuff like that who. They are basically uh, the the craziest of all the uh, like the savage ones, especially the savage oryx. Their shamans are the ones who hear the heartbeat of Gur, and it just starts bump, bump, pumping in their head until they have to deal with it. Um, I just I love all of this. I this is so much fun for me. The yeah. realm itself is alive and it's just and it's got and the 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 craziest of the Oryx are actually the one most in tune with Gur and that's why they're the least sane by our by yeah, our the bone, the bone splitters are like in yeah. tune with this, so it doesn't affect them as much. Yeah. Uh but then you get this, the shamans are here, here are the heartbeat going, reports of animals going wild, tectonic cataclysms, and mortals succumbing to strange wear curses or bouts of animalistic madness are growing increasingly commonplace. And this, this is all tying into what's about to come up in this lore. We haven't even gotten to the cool story portion because it really does right. break into basically a, a, a short story. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, in here, it goes from this mm-hmm. sort of history book stuff to mm-hmm. just oh, here's a story happening, like yeah. like like you know, like from the character's point of view, like you're reading a shorter uh, black library book. Yeah, kind of kind of rolls right into the story that's in Dominion, which is the Amberstone Watch. Yeah, I have to finish reading Dominion. We need to cover that too. We need to get some yep. episodes done. Uh, aggressive expansion. Every time I hear the words aggressive expansion, I think of the Dark Knight when he's when the Joker <laughs> is sitting there and he breaks the pool cue and tells the three guys <laughs> for the room for aggressive expansion. <laughs> um, and now we got that with the Thunderstrike armor because we always got to mention Thunderstrike armor because between that and the uh, the new the new Space Marines. Better armor is always better. Um, but the cruel boy Oryx, having emerged from the swamps in the wake of Kragnus' return, are among the most eager to punish 
colonization efforts. Now, before we get into the story, this is this is this last bit is also really important. The Battle of Amberstone Watch. Killaboss mm-hmm. uh, Gazog, guarded by the strange dream visions, conquers this the settlement of Amberstone Watch, intending to contaminate the leyline convergence upon which it stands to drive Thondia into a feverish frenzy. Such a frenzy would shrug Excelsis off the coast. Now, this is important because, as we've talked about, all the cities of Sigmar are built on these leyline convergences. And this is where they bring mm-hmm. in that thing that, that, that makes the, the magic thing that makes the water, which is yep. where you get those, those terrain pieces that look like floating waterfalls. Yeah, because it's purifying everything, and he goes in there, and he's just going to pour all their swamp poisons and poison the ley lines, and basically, this is this is reminiscent to me of the stuff Bellacore did, just on a different level. Hmm. Whereas he was he was creating that thing that blotted out their ability, but he was doing it at the different ley lines, destroying the realm gates to disrupt the ley yeah. lines so that he could block the stormcast yeah, from going yeah, back to his ear. Yeah, he made like the storm thing. Right. Here he's doing it as the storm thing, but it's still going after realm gates and convergences of the of the ley lines of power. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do the same thing, but the Auric Lions show up with Indrasta, uh, and it's basically he didn't ruin it, but that realm is all turning to swamp now. And the swamp is growing, and the land is becoming less stable. Like stuff that was there for long is now sinking into the ground. Yeah. Ah, uh, so cool. And now we're getting, and this is where the story really picks up, is they're starting to get reports of strange occurrence, outbreaks of savagery around the Crond Spine Range, occurrences that seem to mark a new and deadly change in the wars to come. Right. And this is where it gets really rad. I'm really, like, I'm already completely invested, and we're just getting through the little histories, half of which I already knew. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Do you have a a radio on or something over there? Because I can hear a bunch of stuff. Can you? I can hear a bunch of talking going on in the background. Wow, that's my kids, and they're all the way on the other side of the room. Mm. Yeah, quiet over there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. You normally you can't hear like normally you can't pick up any of that stuff. That's odd. I, I, I mean, I can hear. I can hear. I don't know if anybody else will be able to. I hope not. That would ruin the whole first hour of this show. I'm going to have to cut this back. Normally you can't hear it over there, but my kids, as they've gotten older, seem to have absolutely no sense of volume control. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't you that he was hearing. Uh, so uh, let's get into some of this here. The Beast Awakens. Lots of cool little little bits of... Yeah, it's like a different pers- perspective of what's going on from all the different factions. Yeah, it's just letters mm-hmm. from... Re- it's reports from different places. Like you've got yeah. Skaven reports... Uh, you know, ogres. You've got ko. You've got uh, grave lords. You've got ordinances uh, of bestial detestation distributed amongst the Sigmarite strong points. Yeah, different ordinances, yeah. and it's just so cool. And there's a lumineth one. Collar the beast. The god king preserves. Yeah, the emperor protects. So. You've got all of these bits going on. It talks more about. You've got more details on the uh, the background of the land, the history of the of the of the land at the time. Mm-hmm. And then we get up to savage landmarks, and it talks about the different places in here. Once again, still in some background. Uh, Excelsis, City of Secrets. We've talked about that ad nauseum. 
<laughs> that's my. It's, I love that story. It's a great story. I'm just saying we've yeah. talked about it so much. I don't think we need to. We don't need to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't need to to, to yeah. tell that bit again. We all know what Excelsis is, and it's got the, it's got the glimmering, the, glimmering the spear of malice. Yeah. I want to know everything about the spear of malice. That's okay. So God dang it. So that's just a basically. It's a big chunk of the core of the world that was that broke yeah. off and just landed there. Yeah. As a yeah okay. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's every story that takes place in Excelsis is fantastic. By the way, mm-hmm. all the books, all the stories, the all of that stuff. It's it's fun. They've built a really cool place where, and so much bad has happened there, too. Oh, yeah. Like, chaos is all about bringing this place down. You've got really mm-hmm. great Everyone's stories. trying to bring this place down. It just won't fall. Yeah. Because because no. the, they know what's coming, and they prepare for it. That's the beauty of it. It's, they've got, <laughs> they get just enough info to keep surviving. Yeah. Um, we've got... Like, just, just, just the amount of, like, if you had, like, the, like the Warhammer, like, the Age of Sigmar, like, role-playing game. Yep. And you played it, and you played it in Excelsis. I mean, you could just play forever. Yeah, there's always just, there's oh always God. something to do. <laughs> I'm gonna be some witch hunters in this place and just see what oh, happens. Oh man, oh, so good. Uh, it talks a little bit about some of the other places. Isaland, Isaland, yeah, Isaland, yeah. Um, the the last of the coast attack strongholds is both the smallest and most unusual. The piratical coast of Bilgeport. Yeah, and this is pirate the, town. It's a pirate town, and yeah. they still they still help out when when Excelsis needs it, and basically they're allowed to live as a bunch of outlaws in pirate town because uh, it's too much work to get rid of them, and they're not enough of a problem. There's 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 so many bigger problems than an right. entire city of criminals. <laughs> yeah, that, and they're good in a fight. So yeah, so we let yeah. them go. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Um, then it talks a bit about all the stuff that happened in the Drowned Lands, which is where that stuff that happened that, with that, the that's cruel the boys. cruel boys stuff. Yep. Uh, mangroves and bogs began to form across southern Thondia as the land itself sickened. Thus were the Drowned Lands born. Yeah. No true civilization can last there. Each week the swamps creep further. Cruel boy orcs and grots have been drawn to the Drowned Lands. So and there's an o- and there's an OCR Bone Reaper city there. <laughs> Yeah, and they're not happy. No. Because they're falling they're literally sinking into the swamp. Yeah. And so now they've got to redouble their efforts to go kill stuff to kill, to collect bones to work with. Yeah. Yeah, the necropolis of Zaraz. Uh-huh. Uh oh, and Nurgle's Rotbringers are all about the swamplands. Right. All right, so let's talk about the Kronspine Range, because this is mm-hmm. this is this is one of the most important parts of this bit of the story. Uh, in ancient days, the plains of Thondia were stalked by the god-beast Krond. Part serpent, part wolf. I don't even understand how that works. Yeah. Little is known of this primordial entity, though several phrase of beastmen still venerate lupine mutations above all. If he truly existed, his remains have surely fossilized into the mountains that not be- now bear his name. Coiling around the frozen waters of Lake Everglut, the Kronspine Range is among the most extensive of all Thondia's mountainous regions, pockmarked by tribal strongholds and ancient boneyards. So this is the a lot of the guys live here, they do stuff here, this is what kind of goes on. Uh, mm-hmm. and this is where you're starting to see these this stuff starting to happen. 
there's a lot of other places that are described in here. Anything else here that really stands out to you? So I I kind of like the jungles of Mechatopsar. Yeah. I thought that was neat where they have like the the place where kind of like the feral seraphon live. You know, like dinosaurs, you know, <laughs> dinosaurs roamed the earth. Well, you know, the lost, 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 the land of the lost kind of thing going on here. Yeah, Kotal's Claw, a constellation of the enigmatic lizard men known as Seraphon. Yeah. They the crashed space, there. The spaceship crashed there. Yeah, one of the one of the one of the ziggurats that left yeah. that left the world that was crashed there and the slan is apparently in a coma. Mhm. And so the rest of them are out there just sort of protecting the place, but as Gur gets crazier so do they. Yeah, they kind of reverted back to their base instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. They talk about Dons, one of the mm-hmm. one of the mightiest of Gur's alpha continents. Yeah, it's uh, eaten. Yeah, Thondia and Galat and Antor all ba- the other continents all sort of lined up against it and and crushed it. Yeah. It is also said, however, the energies of Gur are especially volatile here, and that the elemental entities that now haunt the realm have been especially active toward the heart of the broken continent. Perhaps Dance is not entirely surrendered just yet. Ooh. So you got stories going there because the land itself might have to rise up at some point. Right. Uh, the giant gut forts the, the, of the meat fist ogres. They talk about that a bit. The crawling pits. Um, this I like. I like this. Go this for is, it. Yeah, so this is where they have uh, oh. a, like a like a faction of um, like Gloomspite gets has trapped a spider fang like faction has trapped the Fangathrak amidst the depths like they've trapped it in like webs and stuff so now they can use the Mog Gate to get to the eight points and go fight Archeon. Yeah. They used it, and basically, it's sort of like they <laughs> used all of that sp- the their spider fang stuff, all the arachnoroks, yeah, to get enough webbing to capture that thing, right? And now Gordrak has found that it's been recaptured, and rather than set it free, yeah, he's using it. Yeah, he's, he's the mega boss leads his hordes through this portal into the eight points, seeking to rebuild his legend after suffering a shameful defeat at Kragnos's hands. <laughs> Kragnos did pound the heck out of him. He did. So he's riding into the <laughs> the eight points. <laughs> yeah, he's just taking armies into the eight points to mess with Archeon. Yeah, Fantastic. just fighting out there and then coming back home. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Uh, we got the Gnarlwood. Um, and it- yeah, so they just released a new character today on the Games Workshop website that's from here. For Warcry. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah, okay, I saw that thing. Someone was posting yeah. it. Yeah. that neat? That's the, um, what's this guy's name? Revealed, the Rottmeyer Creed. So this guy is the Rottmeyer Creed Carrion Catcher. Yes. I'm not certain what's up with those legs. He's on stilts. It seems like it, yeah. And then the stilts seem to be on little rocks. It seems a little precarious on that way that yeah. was set up. Yeah, he's on stilts because he's walking around the swamps. <laughs> um, it's, now, here we go. This is where it gets interesting. We talk about the Gnarlwood. Some say that in Gairan, the Ever Queen has cast a grand spell of life to rejuvenate the realms, and that in doing so, she has finally driven the Gnarlwood insane. 
its overflowing energies dedicated entirely to carnage. Mm-hmm. And then there's Imnog's Trample, which is uh, the where uh, the the giant of the Gargans, the grandfather of Gargans, was traveling yeah, through. Yeah, Im- Imnog. Yeah. There's some some of that. And let's see. Then we get up to a summons to war. Hold on, I want to see how much. God, there's still still so much story going on in here. I know. I'm wondering if we should take another break, but I think let's go a little bit farther because I want to get up yeah, to the so, actual story part. Well, I think that's the next bit. Is the summons to war is? Okay, this is where the story starts. Yeah. Pages twenty-two to thirty, or to about forty. Yeah, thirty-nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Because okay, let's let's do that before we get to the story part. Let's talk about the other stuff that's not the story because the story is going to be the fun. And I want to sort of go through and wrap the show through mostly with that. Um, sure. If we jump ahead to about page forty-two, mm-hmm. it talks about how you know uh, historians and stuff and 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 libra- you know the the the. Your um, your sort of your scholars have gone through and taken in information here. Yeah, there's a bunch so, of cool pages here. So what this is is this is a bestiary. If you're not familiar with that, yeah, right. That's what this is. It's a bestiary yeah. of Gur, basically. Which is they used to have one of those in like the was it like the third edition. Warhammer uh, Warhammer game wasn't it called the Bestiary? Might have been. Yeah, it was just yeah. But it's so kind of the, and, the same idea. And we're not going to go through all of this because it's really not necessary, um, right. and it would take a lot of time. But I'm just going to bulgors, frost sabers, cockatrice, stegodons, yep. carnosaurs, yep. fellwater trogoths, jabber slice, thondian flathorn, which I think is a cool one. I would like to see that creature. Yeah. We don't have that. So there's a model for that one. Uh, Corpse Ripper Vulture. Yep. Itcher Moss, which it looks disgusting. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just gross. Yeah, uh, so there, isn't that a magic item in one of the books? It's a product of this. I might be, but it's a product of the Swamplands, which it basically makes your skin rot. Yeah. Uh, the Growl Oaks, the trees that look like they're dead trees, but you get too close, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, the roots have gotten into your skin, and they're sucking out your fluids. Yeah. Barbed snifferweed spheres, which looks frightening and weird. Yeah. Terror pins, which are giant worms. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, just all of these weird characters. Yeah, and then that cool art on page 51. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, with the corpse rip of Ultra. That's, that that's, looks so that's cool. Gobsprack. That's Gobsprack, right? It is, yep. Thing. So you got that, and then now once you get past the bestiary, then we get into the rules section. Now there's mm-hmm. your basic rule. They got the rules for the incarnates, and we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, yeah. There's some open play rules. Like I said, 30 pages of narrative play, and then mm-hmm. you get matched play rules, which basically it's it's still pretty much the same. You get a couple of extra core battalions and some grand strategies and some battle tactics if you're playing Thondia. Right, so... I figured that thing we were talking about earlier, uh-huh. where you're making your arm, you have to pick your battle pack. Uh huh. So the pitched battles battle pack is the one from the General's Handbook, right? Twenty twenty one. War and Thani is obviously from this book, and then the one before that, Contest of Generals, is just from the main rule book. Okay. 
Interesting. So yeah, okay. So you got all the different things you can pick. So mm-hmm. you you can pick the strife and Thondia, and there's some there's interesting stuff in here. Um, but basically, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, do we want to really dive into all of this? I mean, I wouldn't mind going over the match play. I mean, okay, we could do some of the match play stuff. I guess. Well, we'll yeah. get through the story, and then we'll talk about some of the match play. But let's jump okay. in and get. Let's get into some of this uh, story, and then we'll do that because mm-hmm. we've been oh, good gravy! We've been going a while. Okay, um, so a summons to war. Now we already said the Greenskins have poisoned the ley lines. We've all we know this is happening. Yeah, uh, and then so we're getting some of these stormcasts who are out there, and uh, in Indrasta is showing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now these guys are out, and it's it's a story of a group of stormcast who are you know in one of these you know sort of yeah. So this is this is after Amberstone Watch, the Battle of Amberstone yes. Watch. This is this is after the events of the Dominion, basically. Right. And this is this place. It's still it's still standing, and this is these are the guys who are left, sort of defending it. Mm-hmm. And then Indrasta shows up. Um, now I like they talk a little bit. They go back into her past life, and of course, the guy who's in charge at Amber Stone Watch uh, followed Indrasta back in their human lives. She was the right. you know, so they talk a little about that in the past life. Uh, she she is now the prime huntress, but before she led the last holdout armies in Gur in defiance of the ruinous powers. So of course, she's one of those people who sacrifices herself for everyone else to be yep. safe. You know, Sigmar's going to snatch her up. Yeah, she died killing Doombreed. Yep. Uh, Tiberian, who is the this character that we're talking about, had been one of the tribal chieftains who served her. He, like all who lived through those days, still loved their queen with a fierce intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, she shows up and tells him, we got to go. We're going towards the Cronspine Mountain Range. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't tell him why. Just said, we've got to go. She's not very much on... Uh, the 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 she's still that warrior queen, but she's not. She just doesn't have it in her anymore. That that compassionate human. Yeah, her I humanity mean, she's a stormcast. Really... She's stormcast eternal now, and she's been reforged a bunch of times. Yeah, and so she's a bit so, cold, and it yeah. doesn't mean she doesn't care. She's just that that part of her is not there anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's sort of dealing with that. And I like that. This story isn't very long. It's like 20 pages in here. But they really build up sort of this rapport between them. And the and still that idea that, yes, they're comrades, but the things that they used to have are not there anymore. They're mm-hmm. not what they were. Uh, but they're ready, and they're taken off. And so now we're with uh, Brockagok. Yeah. Uh, and Brockagok is, you know, he's the killer boss who almost did all that stuff at Amberstone Watch, but was foiled. And he's going there, and you know, it's basically, you know, he's he's really not happy. No. And is he's so distracted that his his group almost they get attacked by stuff from under the water, and yeah. suddenly some bone splitters is there. Yeah, and they take down the big critter, and they, yeah. And he's a Wurgog prophet known as Desnorder. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they've heard rumors of Desnorder 
because uh, a magma droth basically uh, did a flame stream on it, you know, almost like a dragon thing, you know, just burned him up and fused his mask to his face. Yeah. So he came, uh, and he's like, we got stuff to do. And, of course, when, as we know, when a, when a Wurgog prophet shows up, they're respected. Like they're, mm-hmm. like, they're crazy, but everybody knows they're kind of crazy because they are really in touch with the will of Gorka Morka. Yeah. So they've got to get going. They've got to get to the Kronspine range, too. So now they're all heading towards the same place. Mm-hmm. And another faction as well. Yep. Um, the scouts see these caverns all over the Kronspine foothills, and they look, and it's and it's interesting. There's, um, there's humans. Yeah, but they're they're weird looking humans. Yeah, and they seem to be slaves of the of the beastmen or chaos mm-hmm. beasts, which is weird because they're like they usually don't take. Slaves. Like, this is just a, there's something weird happening here. Yeah. And, uh, of course, they see them. And what are you going to do if you're, if you're a bunch of cruel boys and you see a bunch of beastmen over where you want to be? Yeah. Going to attack. Right. Because that's what happens. And so that, that leads into this huge battle. And there's some, the story is fantastic. Oh, yeah. This battle is great. Yeah. Uh, and they're basically, it's, it's cruel boys and, and and bone splitters, bone splitters against um, Be- yeah, beasts of chaos with a whole lot of bulgors. Oh yeah, coming out and the and the the fighting is crazy. Mm. Uh, they do find a the, wi- the wizard duel is my favorite. The wizard duel is great. They find a Brayherd <laughs> shaman and the fight just gets bananas. Yeah, and it's not just any Brayherd shaman. He, he's he's famous. He's from a Another book. He's from. He's the same guy who fought Alarial in Gyran. Was it? Got, oh yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah. Okay, he gets, so he is famous. He got skewered by the. Uh, I think by the by uh, the by the beetle. Oh, he didn't okay. Die, but he didn't die. Now he's here. So. As this fighting's going on, these two wizards are throwing magic at each other, left and right, right? All of this magic getting tossed around, they start to hear that that thrumming, the beat, the heartbeat of Gur, and they basically accidentally summon an incarnate. Yeah, it just is this, it just, the the realm can't contain itself anymore and and just creates it. Yeah, that much magic Manifests. being tossed around. It man, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, and so Brockagok still feels his attempts to cry out devolve into feral growls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Killaboss could not rise against the magical tumult. Could do could not do anything except feel his mind be set aflame with visions of the hunt and the kill. The descriptions here mm-hmm. of even from the most bestial of creatures. Uh, as they become more feral around this thing, is there some fantastic descriptions in here? Yeah, I love it. Um, and then all of a sudden, as the fight's going on, uh, this thing comes up, and everybody is sort of stopped now. Like nobody can do anything, 
And the yeah. Bray Shaman comes up and he's like, all right, we need to stop fighting and talk about this. Well, the, like the, the incarnate just like blows up. It like gets so filled with energy and the two spells, one from the shaman and one from the, uh, well, the two shamans, they, they, they cast a spell at each other and the raw bestial sorcery hits itself and it just then that's enough. The, 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 the Kronspine incarnate can't take it anymore and it just blows up. And everyone just gets like thrown off their feet and goes flying. So everyone's like, whoa. And then they sort of like, we should probably talk about this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And so yeah. he goes over and he knows. Now, here's the thing. The Bray Shaman knows what this is. He understands mm-hmm. it better than the Oryx do. But... Yeah. He also is like, I don't know if I can control it. I think you might be able to. Yeah. And, of course, the orc's like, of course I can control it. <laughs> and so they're going to get together. They're going to go through this path through the mouth. The, the, the Bray Herd is going to lead the Oryx to where the power is even more concentrated, where you can yeah. summon it up on purpose. Right. Because that's their whole point. This thing that we accidentally summoned, we can do this on purpose, and if you can... If you can exert some measure of control, we can really wreak havoc, mm-hmm. which is just a great plan. We're going to work together to bring down the humans and bring this back. And even and the cool thing is the Bray Shaman is totally, you could tell he's using the orcs. The orcs are like, hey, this will be good for a scrap. Yeah. He's like, this will be good to devolve everything right. back. Well, because, yeah, because that guy, is, that's Gorgon Kai, right? He's the He listens to Morger. Who, if you remember from the world that was, he's like, he's like the voice of yeah devolution, right? He's the he's the shadow gave. Yeah, for anyone who you know. doesn't know, that is the beastmen's entire goal. The beastmen, back before there were civilizations, back before all this happened, the beastmen really were dominant mm-hmm. because they were just that animalistic instinct of survival and they sort of ran as they wanted to and that's what they want to do that's what they want to do again if they can get something they want to literally devolve turn humans back into feral animals yeah that's literally happening uh, in yeah the realm of Gert right now <laughs> yeah in fact what we're going to see as we get into this story later is they go to places that were nearby and the humans started growing fangs and yeah. growing hair like mm-hmm. in weird places and like literally turning f- literally into a- more animalistic creatures. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like, like the Lumineth report on page 15 talks about that. Yeah. Now we get on around page 30. It talks about the Kronspine incarnates. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it has long been proposed by scholars of geo-arcane lore that the realms are alive. The rise of the incarnates has proven them correct. Geomantic power bloomed and in some places began to coalesce and develop sentience. But it's not through necromancy. Nope. So it's taking like bones of monsters and it's like making it into creatures, but it's not like resurrecting dead things. It's infusing them it's just with taking just them to this take a raw shape. elemental yeah. power. Yeah. It's using the bones to take a form. It's not taking the old bones of a thing and, and yeah, it's definitely and animating. Not, yeah. 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 Uh, champions with sufficient willpower or arcane prowess may call them into being. Incarnates of Gurish magic that coalesce near monstrous boneyards are typically referred to as Kronspine incarnates. 
having first been encountered in the Crownspine Range of Thondia. Even should they manifest within the ravines of Lendu, the volcanic graveyards of Akshi's Great Parch, or the oily tar pits of Shaman. So basically, if it's this, if it looks like this, if it's coming by the mm-hmm. boneyards, if it's pulling together bones of dead creatures to form a body for itself, yeah. then that is a Crownspine incarnate, even if it's not in girl at the yeah, yeah. right so because when i saw this i'm like so we've got a we've got one one incarnate for one realm what are the other ones going to look like well it can look like this from any realm any realm yeah. can have a crown spine incarnate because this is just what they call the ones that pull together all the bones like this mm-hmm. uh primal societies have already taken to worshiping them for no other beings are so intimately connected to the mortal realms Mortals exposed to a crown-spined incarnate are likely to be driven mad by their own inflamed savagery or physically transfigured as the beast within is brought to the fore. Strategy is useless in the presence of such a being, for those it blesses recognize only the need to hunt and kill. As dangerous as a incarnate is hunting at random, it is more perilous still when lashed to the will of an alpha, which is what can happen in the in the rules. Yeah. All right, so what else? Uh, back to the story. They've marched for five days. And yeah. uh, this is where Vorst has to talk to Indra- Indrasta, and he's like, you know, you've you got to tell us what's going on. Like, I get it. You're, 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 you know, I, I, I don't hold it against you. I, I know what it is to be a Stormcast. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you can't just, we, we have to kind of know what's happening here. Um, this is where it gets unsettling. I have this marked here. Uh, as we get into okay. pending doom, mm-hmm. it talks in this second column here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about the wild spells happening in their nights. Arcanum are exhausting themselves, crying. Land splitting, land splitting tremors swallowed warriors whole. Even the stormcast themselves were changing. Vorst had seen the undignified way in which some wolfed down their rations and picked up on the snarling quality which has crept into their speech. So mm-hmm. even the stormcasts are sus- like everything is susceptible to this. Yeah, I mean, they, like, as the story gets going, you'll see, I mean, they, they like, full out have mutations. Yeah, like, it's like crazy. Depending on what depending on what storm host they're from. Yeah. So they have to fight. They have to do something. So the next morning, they see uh, a, a glint of warm gold surrounded by a choking dust cloud. As the battered host approach, Vorst is surprised to behold a Sigmarite strong point near the foothills of the Crown's Fire Rage. They didn't think this place had survived. Yeah. The colonists sheltered behind the palisades formed from the peck picked clean remains of a Gurish megafauna fighting to keep the oryx from the aqualith at the outpost's heart. So this is what they've got to do. They're they're still holding out in this outpost. So they come in and they fight them away and then you see these people. Yeah. I'm oh, like, wow. Yeah. And they and here's the thing. They see the people have gone sort of feral, but they looks over towards that mountain range. He looks over to the, towards the Cronspine Hills, and his voice is looking at it. Suddenly, a sudden rush of fury set his soul leaping, heart beating to a savage drum. At his side, Ironbeak squawked and snapped, tearing at a fallen orc with abandon. He's losing it, just looking at it. That thump, yeah. that, thump that drives all of the savage orc shamans to the brink of insanity yeah. is a real thing. And now that Gur is alive, <coughs> is awake, 
the the thrumming happening at the mountains is affecting everybody. I love this just because this is. It turns out that the bone splitter shamans aren't as crazy as we thought they were. Yeah, like they are crazy, but it's not like oh you're just nuts. You're not like yeah. wiping peanut butter all over yourself, nuts. They are legit yeah. being driven. The what they I, say was happening is happening. Yeah, they're in tune with that. Uh, it's Yindestra is the one who's able, the only one who seems to be able to withstand this, mm-hmm. and maybe because through her reforgings that her humanity, that emotional side has been so purged away that it. That that bestial side can't get a hold on her as much, mm-hmm. but she sort of brings them back. And says, "Listen, we've got to, we've got to do this." But they start talking to the people, and this is where you get this interest. It's not chaos, uh, but their their leader has crocodilian scales all over his body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, changes had begun in the weeks prior, coinciding with dreams of terrible bone-clad beasts stalking the Cronspite Range. Uh, the people have just started to mutate. So weird. So then um, we get this. Uh, the Stormcast are still going towards the past. They say it's like marching straight towards the realm's edge. Mm-hmm. The magic there is going so wild and so affecting them. They feel like it's being at the edge of the realms, which we all know is so magical that you could just die just being. Right. Each step becomes a test, both physical and mental. Stormcast snarled as the billowing waves of primal magic sank into their being, teeth gritted and skin crawling. In the cramped past, swamped by furious beastkin, the Stormcast suffered. More cruel boys were massing behind the beastmen, clad in the livery of weeping fangs, the perpetrators of the Amberstone Watch atrocity, now hungry for vengeance in the Stormcast. This is... and They're just going forward, and they're they're... All that Stormcast battle tactics, all the Stormcast uh, strategy, all of their discipline falls apart here. Right. They become as savage as the things they're fighting. This is fantastic. Yeah, they start like, yeah. it's it's. it's I, I didn't think that would happen, but... Yeah. I did not expect it at yeah, all. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. But that's just another sign of how overpowering first of all that the realm itself has come to life and a realm that brings out your bestial nature is affecting things that we thought were immune to this sort of thing like nope you're not right the one exception is indrasta she yeah. seems to be able to withstand it more than yeah, anybody else yeah i mean she's else. i mean it's my i mean she's the prime huntress right yeah that she's like that's what she is she's a hunter so this is like all like this is like what she does so it's not affecting her as much because she's already doing it and so they realize that they can't get to what they need to get to while they're being attacked by an entire bray herd and a a war clan Mm -hmm. a fist you know yeah so basically they get to the narrow this is this this is pretty typical warhammer story stuff they get to the most narrow part, the most defensible part. They tell Andrasta and her guys who are the most, the, the guys who can move the quickest, anybody who's fast, 
goes with her. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, the slow guys, the wounded guys, you block off this narrowest part of the pass and buy them all the time you can. Yep. And and that's what they do. They buy them time, which works. Okay. Um, by the time they get to the anomaly, the Prime Huntress is the only Stormcast still fully in control of herself. <laughs> yeah. That's just... That really, story-wise, and they hammered it home, really got to me. Yeah. Because the Stormcast have been that only the faithful... They are the, the pillars, the bulwark against all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they can't handle it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they kind of like go a little too far. We've seen that all over the like place, the, yeah. Like the, the Celestial Vindicators, right? When they, yeah, they purged Excelsis. It's like, okay. Um, but to succumb to your bestial, the right. most bestial they, of your they, nature. But, but they knew what they were doing when they did that. This right. is different. That was heartless and cruel. This is animalistic. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. reverting. This is Devo right here. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it says, I love this part, you can't even call it a battle. There was no hint of strategy, no contest (laughs) of tactics. Stormcast and Oryx simply smashed headlong into one another. Stormcast began to change. Thick white manes sprouted across the astral Templars who remained, while the surviving hammers of Sigma roared in draconic voices and broke out in scaly mutations. Curved fangs sprouting to spill the blood of greenskins, who themselves have become even more bestial. These guys are sprouting fangs and tearing into the oryx with their freaking teeth. Yeah, they're throwing down their weapons and just clawing and this fighting. This is at fantastic. Them. <laughs> this is crazy stuff. So basically, where this comes down to, and it comes down to this final part, is she realizes. Yeah, this thing, this this incarnate's got to go. Yeah. So now she's fighting the incarnate. The incarnate can't be stopped. She realizes it's lashed to this orc. Yeah. This shaman. So she takes Thengavar, which is her spear, which is mm-hmm. gifted to her from Sigmar. Sigmar. It's it's mm-hmm. one of his weapons, basically. Yeah. And she just looks and throws it as hard as she can at this shaman. It punctures right through his chest and keeps going. Yeah. Comes out the other side of it. So I think the spear hits him and he's lifted up by the power of the throw and just the spear and the shaman go flying. He is impaled on the spear and he goes (laughs) with the spear. (laughs) Yeah. It just takes him with for the the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically... Now, for those of you, the, 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 these, these incarnates, uh, the stronger they are, the more, the, to properly call one, you need a big piece of Amber Realmstone from Gur. And the one that they has been created here, the one that they're fighting, has been properly summoned. This is the one, the original one has a small bit and it blew up, like, like you mm-hmm. said, Chris. Mm-hmm. This is where this Bray Shaman led them, was to a large piece which they yeah. then properly pulled into a proper incarnate. Um, the spear she threw, it goes through the shaman, which is controlling it, and into the piece of realm stone and just keeps digging its way into it until it yeah. basically cracks it. Right. Once she breaks that portion of it, that heart portion, mm-hmm. it blow up. 
Right, because like her spear is infused is infused with the power of Azir. Yes. So it's like it's like literally it's like Azurite, like realm battling against yeah. Gurish realm. Like it's the two essences of those two realms like battling each other now. Yeah, Amberstone did not break easily, not even before it was so profoundly empowered. But Thengavar was sister to Sigmar's own pole arm and had never yet failed to close a hunt. So boom. Mm-hmm breaks it the best part in here is as all of this stuff everyone else sort of runs away the oryx were touched by the thing so all of the all of the oryx and beastmen who took off they this has in uh this has changed them permanently yeah they are now sort of disciples of the incarnates and they will they understand it they're more in touch with the realm and they are going to go spread the word and they are going to bring about more of this this is thankfully, all bad news. Right. Yeah, and thankfully the Stormcasts are now released from this power and kind of revert back to their yes. regular selves. But as it says here, none of them could look at themselves or each other for that matter after surrendering so utterly to their animal hearts. Mm-hmm. These guys are these guys are they're upset that they let they, they did not like what happened to them. Right. Uh and then who shows up? Karazai. Karazai, yeah. He sensed it, and he showed up, but he shows up, and he looks at her. You killed it then. And she's like, yep. And he's like, okay, good. Um, Gur is yeah. free of its influence, and here's a great little speech, because he, when she tells him, oh, I killed it, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> Gur has not been free since long before your man got arrived. I felt its heartbeat for millennia. Now it pounds louder than ever. That which you fought today was the symptom, not the disease. Others of its ilk will emerge, and fools will think to control them. The realms are awake, and they are angry, none more so than Gur. Its rage seeps into its children and manifests through these entities, furious and unbound. From Thondia to the Spiral Crux, the Great Parch to the Prime Innerlands, the beast will hold dominion. Our last days will dawn in a storm of savagery. I can't help but read Karazai's voice in Sean Connery. <laughs> See, you go with Sean Connery. I was going with more of a of a of a of a um, what's his name um, Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, as Smog. 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 Yeah. Even though yeah. those movies were terrible, I liked him. Yeah, I think I think I don't know. I, I think Karazai is a little more cunning than Smog, but Smog is good too. Yeah, I just yeah, but he's got to have that deep that deep growly gravelly. Mm. And I love how he tells it that, and her answer to him is, at least it won't be boring. Yeah. She's fantastic. She makes a joke. Yep. Which is not something she kind of remembers doing. So she's almost regained a little bit of herself after this battle. Yeah, she could not remember the last time she had made a joke. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what else is happening here. Oh, um, what's great is that's what happened. But meanwhile... and. I love that you get to hear in the Bray Shaman. You know, so often beastmen are just the whipping boys of this game. They're yeah. just, they're bodies to be killed. Mm-hmm. It's always like, hey, we were on our way to go fight these guys, and the beastmen showed up. And so we had to kill a bunch of them, and we it slowed us down, and we lost time, but we killed a bunch of beastmen. <laughs> right. Remember those first books, the very first <laughs> yeah. books from Age of Sigmar? It yeah, was like beastmen. Stormcast just killing beastmen. <laughs> it's got run roughshod over. Poor beastmen. But here's <laughs> even what... even even in like the the end times, the beastmen just got shafted. 
Oh, I know. <laughs> they're just they're they're just the whipping boys. But here's you get that though they're cunning. Yeah. They've survived for a long time, and this guy he used the orc. He's like, I knew I couldn't control it, but that wasn't why I didn't try. I wasn't afraid. I'm just not stupid enough to try to control something <laughs> that powerful. Right. And he was impressed. He was actually pretty impressed. He was able to control it pretty well, actually. Yeah. So he, but here he was. Just sort of like a scientist, a weird beastman. Okay, I want to see. Okay, Um, and he watched everything and learned, and now he's got more plans, right? It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. now I know how this works. I got a little more information. I know I can do more stuff with this. Yeah, I love the fact that Morger is like in the back of his mind all the time. Yes. So whispering to him. (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic. And 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 he knows he's there, and he's like, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's talking to me. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Hey, his God is talking to him. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You're the chosen one. Yeah. All right. Uh, last break. Then we're going to come back and talk some rules. All right, folks. This is usually where you'd hear the chorus saying, there's always something happening at Grognard. <laughs> But instead of the commercial, we got we got something better. Plus, that commercial's old and outdated, and I got to redo it. I understand that. I'm getting on it. However, right here, right now, better than any recorded commercial is the one, the only, the owner, the originator, the grognard himself, Todd. Todd. Greetings, grognards. Hey. So, dude, okay, I'm, I'm so glad we had a chance to have you on this episode yeah. um, because there is literally so much happening at Grognards. Like, it's <laughs> bananas, okay? Um, I was in there twice last week, and I'm like, oh, look, you, you, got the, you, you bought the whole next door empty place. Right. And you expanded that into a pure gaming area. I go oh. in there, and I'm like, oh, look at all the tables. It's great. Harrison, like, this is great. We come back, like, a week later to get more toys, and it's different already. Like you're like you're just adding stuff, building up stuff. Or like they've painted the walls, they've added signs. They got you had a terrain night. I saw on the Facebook page. By the way, yeah. if you're local guys, Grognards Games has a Facebook page. So you're gussying up all your terrain. Yep, yep. It's it's I, I am I I get I you know I, I rarely am allowed out of the house because I'm <laughs> you know I'm also not legally allowed to play with scissors. However, right. um, when I do That's get good. it's. Uh, like every time I walk in there, it's like a new adventure, right? You yeah, know? it's been a, it's kind of like a, a remodel in slow motion, right? If we could <laughs> shut the store down for a week and do the remodel, then we'd be done with it. But of course, as a business, can't be can't be shut down for a week, so we kind of no, have no, to no. do the remodel in slow motion. So yes, exactly what you've been saying. We've been doing the the remodel, the refresh, the update, the furniture, the the new room signage. We still have we still have. Um, more decorations to put in. I just built, since you've been there, we've built five cabinets and put them in the back of the game room to put I all of our terrain. S- I saw that. I showed Here's the picture. <laughs> I'm like, they have terrain cabinets. It's not yep. just plastic shelves with, with junk thrown on them. They've right. got nice cabinets going. We, we Today, I got a call. Tomorrow, we're going to take a delivery of 30 brand new chairs, 18 and a half inches wide. Uh, For nice all us fat grognards. Padded top, uh, you know, bottoms and backs. Nice and sturdy, so uh, you know uh, I think they're rated up to five hundred pounds. So even I have can any sit problem. in them. 
our our twenty dollar uh, Walmart chairs. Uh, we won't have to worry about those anymore. Um, we've got new tables. I've got tomorrow. I'm getting a, a trial of a new table that I'm going to test out to see if it's something we want to bring into the store for our card tables. Um, yeah. So uh, so 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 stay tuned. We've done a lot in the last uh, last few months. You know, beginning of, beginning of April is when we took possession of uh, the space next door. Literally, just cut a hole in the wall. So we can dedicate that entire room to gaming. There's no um, no retail in there at all. It's all just game room, and, and we we'll still have some tables, at least for the short term, in our main retail space, just because we haven't filled in all the empty space yet. But so we'll we'll have even more game space available for a while anyway. And now the tables in the gaming room are more like they they look more like Warhammer tables, like big full the, the six by four big tables. I noticed that as you said in the original <laughs> space, you've still got more of the sit down at it sort of uh regular table type tables for like magic and and yeah, card, tables, card yeah. yeah card game board gaming tables yeah the- uh, so dude I, I i'm telling you i i i harrison and i were talking about like halfway home all the stuff that's going on <laughs> of course we were talking about it when he wasn't going through the dune expansion that we bought because every time you come sure. on i got to talk about that game and how right. i bought the next expansion <laughs> you are a dune you are a dune guy <clears throat> yes and we or, brought or like, we like to we like to call it dunk because <laughs> you when it look when it's spelled out in the new dune stuff it looks like d-u-n-c d-u-n-c yeah. he <laughs> yeah. looks like c so we call it dunk but uh, yeah yeah. <clears throat> no, I yeah, we got to get a game in, man. You got to come out and bring, bring all the Dune and all the expansions. We've got oh, a big game going on. Absolutely. We totally will. Absolutely. So, okay. So you've got the expansion, which is the big news. Now, you, 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 you've moved on. You're past the COVID stuff. Like I said, that's why one of the reasons I got to update the commercial. Um, but right. how are things going for you past that? I mean, a lot of places closed. You expanded. Like, that's- well, yeah, and, and you know, COVID, COVID was a weird thing, and it still is a weird thing. It still exists. We still have yeah. – we're still affected by it. We, you know, most of our employees are still wearing masks on a daily basis. Um, you know, we've got a, a 40K kind of league campaign that's been going on, and uh, we had to put a hold on that on Sundays because the guy that's running that got COVID. Oh, goodness. Um, you know, after um, – uh, so in general, COVID was uh, an interesting time for game stores, especially in any kind of leisure activity, just because when you're stuck in the house, turns out people need things to do. So they buy models, they buy glue, they buy paint, uh, they buy games, and um, they buy D&D stuff so they can play D&D online. So, you know, we, we went we went crazy. We were up 50%, more than 50% year over year. And this year we're looking at thirty wow. percent over year over year after we went fifty percent year over year, you know, increase in business. So it's kind of been this weird, uh, horrible thing that's happened to the planet, but it's but it's been good for the business, and and we're happy to we're happy that it's good for us, not just because it's allowed us to do things like expand, but it's also um, you know given people things to do. Right? We like to think that we're providing a right. real service, and that, and part of that is I, I, part of that is. Yeah, I mean, everybody was looking for hobbies. I mean, I was. We, I mean, we've got. We had so much. Like everybody in my house learned a new hobby. My daughter's crocheting. You know, we did paint by right. numbers, di- diamond yeah. dots, like everything. But you know, also you've got some store loyal, some loyal, some customer loyalty going on too. You know, part. I think. I think that's part of it. You know, because you know anyone could sit and order online just to go grab yeah. stuff but people were coming back there and that's i mean i think that's a testament because i know not every place not every place still exists and i'm not just talking about game stores as we all right, know right. 
Businesses, but, yeah. Yeah, but businesses, I mean, some suffered, some did well, but you, you, I mean, you know, granted, you, like you said, gaming, toys, stuff to occupy your time when you're on lockdown um, did very well, but the fact that you guys, you know, like I said, you're expanding. It's just amazing yeah. to me. The key, the key to that is, you know, as a business, we want to just not just take that money and put it away or put it in our pockets. We have obviously invested in our store, right? So we did the expansion. We're expanding our inventory. We're expanding our retail space. We're trying to do more events and, and things of that nature and trying to give back a little bit by expanding the services that we, we offer. So we want to we do that as a way to, you know, increase our business, but also to thank the community to say, hey, Thanks for being there for us, and um, we appreciate it, and so we're going to give back as, as much as we can. <clears throat> yeah. Now, you were also, I mean, you had a, you, you were in the vendors hall at, at Adepticon and stuff like that. How was Adepticon for you? Yeah, Adepticon was great. I mean, it's kind of like our Christmas, right? Oddly enough, in the in this business, in, in our little niche market, Christmas isn't really as big a deal as it is for regular retail. Adepticon is more like our Christmas just because, you know, you put six or 7,000 uh, gamers in, in the same room, um, especially after a two-year hiatus, you know, with no with no... <laughs> No Adepticon for two years. People were just itching to spend some money and see the new cool stuff and, and, and come home with some stuff to paint and put together and play games. So so it was great for us. And, and it allowed us not just to you know sell a bunch of stuff and sell a bunch of stuff that we overbought or that we ended up with too much of. And obviously, you know, we, we do a lot with the secondhand stuff. So we, we went through all of our secondhand models and sold through almost all of those. But, you know, allow, allows us to reconnect with the community, let people know after two years, we're still here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing better than ever. And, and now that we've been here for five years, you know, we talk about customer loyalty. Um, we obviously wouldn't be able to, COVID or not, we wouldn't be here without our, our customers and without our loyal customers, especially the ones that have been with us since the beginning. So, um, you know, we, we very much appreciate everything they've done for us. And, and uh, Adepticon was, was great. It was, it was so much fun just being able to reconnect with everybody. It was fantastic. I had so much fun just, and I kept every, I was going to come say hi. I waved at you, but right. it's like, <laughs> I walked so in busy. like, you guys were busy. I'm like, yeah, I could talk to Todd any day of the week. Like, I got your phone number. I just wave and walk on by. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah. I did a lot of that, especially on Saturday. We had a line literally around the booth with people waiting yes, to. Uh, yes, you did. To ring, <laughs> to ring out at one point. I so think that's when I walked by. I was like, God yeah. bless America. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really good, but multiple for multiple reasons, right? So yeah, it was great. <clears throat> so you were talking about how now you got you got the expanded store space, and you put right. up you got new tables, you got new chairs for my fat self, you got. Uh, the cabinets for the terrain. Um, you got all this room now. Now that you've opened and moved a lot of the gaming over, uh, and I notice you because you always will post, hey, look, we got eight new boxes of this and eight new. Your, right. your posts of new product coming in are getting, you're showing new. more product all the time. Right. In fact, now what I have sort of, and I keep walking over there and just looking at it because I'm not a good enough model builder to to. to, to, to to you know bite the bullet is you have gundams now you have lots of gundams now and i get super excited about gundams because those are some of the coolest models ever and i just look at them i gaze at them longingly but <laughs> what else well, i mean you you're obviously bringing more product to fill up that space and it's not right. just more of the same so what's new like we all know yeah. you carry warhammer stuff and you got infinity and you got flames of Oh, uh, you got uh, Mantic stuff, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. I saw a 
out of that. Right. Uh, you got all those. What else? What's going on with the new stuff? Yeah, like like you said, we move all the big tables out, and now we have all this big empty space in the back of the store. So we're we're quickly, or I shouldn't say quickly, we're slowly buying shelves and and fixtures and things like that. Although because of COVID and supply chain issues, we, we literally can't get the fixtures that match the fixtures that we already have in the store. Or at least there's going to take several months to get those. So in the meantime, we've used some of the Calax shelving. We've 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 vastly increased our board game and kind of tabletop game selection and we just keep growing that bigger and bigger um like you said the gundam stuff we kind of dipped our toe in gundam uh right at the beginning or right before the pandemic and and that's just done the more we bring in the, the more we sell and it's a great cat- category and people love them like you said they're very they're very visual you know they look great on the shelf they're great looking little models so we bring in a lot of those in and uh, you mentioned Infinity. We just we just went uh, full range Infinity. We we met up with at Adepticon. We met up with Corvus Belly and had a good conversation with them and literally picked up the entire line of Infinity now. And I it's know, been, you, yeah, I noticed that when I walked in. I'm like, there's because Harrison's like, there's a whole section of Infinity here. Was this yeah. your last time we were here? I'm like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, we we'd always carried a couple items here and there, and we've always had a very loyal uh, Infinity uh, base of players. So we decided to go ahead and just jump in with both feet. Um, got it, got along real well with the uh, Corvus Belly guys, and uh, or is that is it Cor- or yeah, Corvus Belly, yeah, yeah. And um, so got along real well with them. So we jumped in, you know, both feet, and we did so well with it within the first three weeks. We've already had to reorder uh, s- stuff that we're selling through so fast. Um, <laughs> ding ding! Always something uh, happening the, at. <laughs> the the other big things that we've been adding are paint lines. I mean, we're already kind of established, I think, as a store that carries a lot of hobby supplies and paintbrushes and especially paint paint lines themselves. Um, you know, at, at Gamma you this have past year, doubled. I think at least yeah. doubled the lines because Chris Walker and I were in there last week. Chris met yeah. us there. And I don't mean to interrupt, but seriously, we knew you yep. had all the GW paints. We knew you had Vallejo. Right. You had this. But Tulsa <laughs> and I look around. And it's like, like walk around to the other side, and now there's just like it's back to back racks. And yeah. you even had that turbo paint stuff, like the two tone looking paint that catches. Like you had so, yeah. and it's just it. I don't even know what to do anymore. I just walked around and looked <laughs> at paint for like twenty minutes. Spoiled, spoiled for choice, right? Yeah. You get, uh, yeah, analysis paralysis. Yeah, we picked up Turbo Dork. That's what you're talking about a, a little yeah, over got- a year ago. Since then, we've gotten the new Army Painter rack. We've gotten Coat to Arms. We got that in. That's the old school GW uh, Mimic paint. Right. Um, we've got two Scale 75 paint racks in. Um, that's and we the got, one. And the, the big one that, again, uh, we met the guys at uh, from Monument at Adepticon for Pro Acryl uh, paints. So we picked up the Pro Acryl uh, paint line and a bunch of the tools and paints and accessories and, and um, washes and stuff like that, or um, uh, soap and things like that. Uh, and then at Gamma, which is the yearly trade show, I talked to them, and now I've got the uh, Duncan uh, Two Thin Coats uh, paint line on pre-order. So when that becomes available, we'll be having yet another rack in of paints to put on the wall there. So yeah, <clears throat> it's I almost been pretty crazy. that's and that okay, and that's amazing because I was literally as I was describing it, I was going to say I've seen everything there except the Duncan paints, right. and I didn't say that because <laughs> I didn't, I you know what I didn't I didn't know what your feelings were on the Duncan paints if you ignored it for a reason or if it wasn't there for a reason or if or, or if they couldn't get it. So I'm like I'm not going to say that because I don't want to sound like an idiot. And you're like I already ordered it. Look, because he's got everything, folks. Even the one thing I thought of that he couldn't have, there it is. It's there. 
It's bananas. It's seriously, it's crazy now. Like I told, I was talking to my wife because we got back and she's like, how's Grognards? Because she always said, how's Todd? How's Grognards? Because sure. she'll play games, but she ain't going to the game store. Like she plays board games. And it, and if, yep. it's a, if it's a miniature game that has very few miniatures and she doesn't have to paint them, she'll play it. Like she right. actually enjoyed Malifaux. She likes to play the Star Wars, like the X-Wing, anything. She likes games. She just, but she's not going to do the game store thing. But sure. she's like, "How's Todd? How's the game store?" And I'm like, "You have no idea." And I was like, and her <laughs> eyes just glaze. I, I knew I'm like, her eyes started to glaze over as Harrison and I are like, Heather. They have literally doubled their paint lines, not just the paints, the paint lines. She's like, "Oh, that's nice." I'm like, "They have Gundams," and she's like, "Gundams." Harrison's yeah. like. The Japanese uh, Transformer-looking things. Oh, okay. Right. And then it's like, and they've got this. And we picked up more Dune. And then she's like, I'm just going to nod until you're done talking. But <laughs> it, seriously, it's bananas how much stuff you have there at this point. It's crazy. Yeah, we uh, we just keep growing. And, you know, once we fill in the space that we have, uh, then we'll probably take a breath. But, you know, <laughs> about, about six months ago, we signed a new five-year lease. So we're like, well, we know we're going to be here for five more years. So uh, we said, let's go ahead and uh, do the remodel, spend the money, get all the stuff in, and really just try to make it, uh, you know, make it the store that we that we want it to be. So, yeah, we're real excited, and it's got a lot more work to do still, but um, you know, always looking for the next cool thing, the next hot thing, etc. So, yeah, awesome. Stay so, tuned. Okay. So now. I know you have now. Now that you got more, by the way, we're going to have to talk at some point about setting up a one-day yeah. event uh, because now you got enough tables where we can get some people over there and do a one-day event. Um, so what is coming up? Like I, I, I looked at the board and I saw you got the board with all the different things. You know, your daily. Yeah. Do you do you do you know? Like I know you're not at work right now, but do you know the general daily board off the top of your head? Like what events happen, what days, in case anyone wants to maybe stop by. Yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, so Monday, you know, we have our kind of daily, weekly, you know, theme days, if if right. you will, and then um, we have some events planned, and things are starting to fill up quickly. So, you know, Mondays are Star Wars night. Two, uh, so for all any any Star Wars game, um, Tuesdays are like skirmish game night. So whether it's Warcry or or Kill Team or any kind of small skirmish game, um, uh, GW or otherwise, we're trying to get people to come in on Tuesday nights, and that's been going pretty well for us. Uh, Wednesdays is um, Marvel Crisis Protocol primarily, so our, our employee Jay is a huge MCP fan and has really gotten that player base going, and so we've got a lot of people playing Marvel Crisis Protocol. We've had several tournaments in the store already for that. Uh, Thursdays is our Infinity Day, so we have between four and seven tables taken up on Thursday nights with just Infinity. Uh, room for some other stuff too, but um, that's gone really well for us. Friday night, of course, is always Friday Night Magic, so we generally don't plan a lot of stuff, so we usually have some uh, high-top tables available. We will have some D&D going on Friday nights as well. Um, Saturday and Sunday, we usually revert, reserve for events like tournaments and things, so Saturdays... Our, uh, our usually we have some kind of a tournament or an event scheduled, and then Sunday is our 40k day, um, and and Age of Sigmar day. You know, we're we we generally still have open tables available every night of the week, but often, not, often not more than one or two. So, and especially on Saturday, if we happen to have something else going on, we we've run into where we literally are running out of tables, even with the expansion. So. 
Um, you know, and the thing to know about the expansion is that the kind of the kind of dirty little secret is we really don't have once that we're done, we're really not going to have more tables than we had when we very first opened because it's just half of a storefront, right? Our regular space is two storefronts, right? So we first opened, right. we had half a storefront for games and half a storefront for retail. Well, now we're going to have two storefronts for retail and one storefront for games. So it's really not going to be a lot more space for games. It's just going to be a dedicated space for games. Okay, so couple of things. First yeah. of all, you just brought this up, so I'm going to say it before I forget it. So now you're into basically three, the three storefronts. You got two for two for selling, one for gaming. Mm-hmm. So and you got a five year lease. So you're in there mm-hmm. for five years. So how mm-hmm. many years between now? And when you knock out the next wall and buy that weird <laughs> always closed pizza joint next to you, because I'll help right. tear that stuff out yeah. of there just because they right. put the word tacos in quotes on this place. Right. Best quote tacos in town. And if you got to put yeah. it in quotes, I'm asking what it actually is. <laughs> yeah, that's the next step is to, uh, to go to the landlord and say, what do I got to do to take this space over? We'll clean the kitchen out. And uh, then we'll, we'll, I've had several people say, well, they could make it a bakery or a coffee shop or a, you know something like that. I'm like, and then put another hole in the wall. And so that way you can get your your baked goods or your your uh, your sandwich or whatever, and you can eat it over there. And then get, you know while you're gaming next door and buying stuff at the retail space next to that. So yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I would totally love to see that sometime. You got the you just leave the counter. Like, and you don't have, always have it open, but you got it dressed up with all your game and stuff around it. And then when you have events, that's where you drop in and you make the cash sure. off selling chips and pops. And uh, you have a, you have your guy selling there. And right, then, right. And then for tournaments, that's when you clean out all the regular sitting and eating seats and you add those extra, drop those extra tables in. See, look, I, yeah, I'm right. totally planning out your whole future so that I can so that I can <laughs> dream about running a two-day right. big Warhammer event there, which is yeah. never going to happen because I'm too lazy. But I like to talk a good game. <laughs> that's that's okay. what I do. So, okay, that, so that's my first thing. We're going to expand. So I got it all planned for you. We're going to expand. And I'm going to. Sure. You know what? During the big events, I'll come in. I'll run the. I'll run the snack booth for you. There you go. I'll yeah, help out, right? Yeah, you're a sponsor. Yeah, I'm yeah, there. Yeah. We're doing it together. So here's my next question. You seem to have things um, going on. Literally, you did went through your week. Your general week is pretty full, okay? Maybe how would you describe um, what's going on or even what's happening? How often things are happening at your store? What might you say? I'm just curious. <clears throat> There's always something happening at Grognard's. That, okay, perfect. See, yes, he got me. I, I set that one up, and you knocked it down. Perfect, because there is, but there is, right? Literally every night that, of the week, and, and that's the that's the goal. We're trying to set the calendar up, and we we got to the point where almost every every day we had something going on. Like yesterday, and the day before, you mentioned we were doing terrain building. Today, in, in fact, on Wednesday, the day we're recording this, there's a um, a painters group meeting in the store tonight to just hang out and paint. Um, We've got uh, stuff going on every single night of the week. We're, we're working on uh, events going forward now. So we've got Infinity event coming up this weekend, a Battletech event coming up this weekend. We've got Kings of War event scheduled in a, in a few weeks. We've got our the finale of our um, uh, 40K campaign this weekend, next weekend. Um, what we need is a uh, – we need an Age of Sigmar um, uh, event. We've got our buddy Zach who's running um, – kill team and he does Warcry, and we're going to get back into the underworlds um board game 
Uh, again, we got some of that kind of uh, a lot of that stuff was penciled in. We just haven't, you know, exactly written it down yet and gotten it planned. Our, uh, our employee Giuseppe likes to do the underworld stuff, so he'll be running some of that. Some more my Marvel Crisis Protocol will be be uh, planned here very shortly. Um, yeah, and if anybody's interested in running anything, whether it be a one day event, whether it be a league, a campaign, a demo day, any of that kind of stuff for Age of Sigmar or anything. Um, we are always looking for champions and uh, people who are willing to kind of help out the community play the game that, that you love to play. That's fantastic. That is just fantastic. Seriously. Um, okay. So I got one last question, and then I'm going to let you go because I kept you longer than I than I asked you for your time. So That's one okay. last I'm question. I can talk to you. Since, since we're going to expand and open up the and take over the pizza place, um, my next question is <laughs> when are you going to get a, a big screen, either either a big white screen, and we'll bring in a projectioner, a projection uh, thing, a projector. I, English teacher, sorry, what, bring in a projector, yeah. or just the big screen, so we can have like movie screenings at, at like late at in the evenings at your place. Because I'm thinking gaming with a big old something going on. You know, you're having your Lord of the yeah. Rings tournament while it's playing up on the big screen there. Uh, once again, sure. we can open up the snack booth. I'm just wondering when we're getting the movie theater in there. <laughs> right, we we've actually talked about that. <laughs> and there's some there's some there's some unique challenges to that kind of thing, but we definitely are getting uh, at least one, if not two, big screen TVs or bigger screen TVs to put up on the on the wall in the back. And uh, you know, those serve multifunction, but certainly having stuff play, uh, whether they be movies or just YouTube or ads or, you know, the magic folks need timers and uh, they can put the scheduling up and you can do that for any tournament or event, put the schedules and stuff up on the, uh, on the big screen so people can see what's going on and where it's at. So that's definitely something we've talked about and we're, and we're for sure going to do it. Like I said, it's the slow remodel. So once we pretty much get everything else figured out, that'll be, that's, that's on the list. As I like to say, it's on the list. We have lots of things on the list. So this is the easiest, this is probably the easiest, uh, just straight up live interview I've done in forever because literally I'm like okay we're going to talk about these things but everything that I just totally made up off the top of my head and BSing and acting like a fool is actually happening with the exception <laughs> of the snack bar pizza place which we which well, we've which we've penciled in for 3 right, years yeah, from we'll now 2025 yeah, maybe give that a couple years I'm we'll, 2025 we'll that. that's it that's, that's the thing goal. I've got right. it. I'm writing it down I'm writing it down I'm not joking 2025 <laughs> Grognard's Pizza. I'm just calling go. it Grognard's Pizza for now. That's a working title. We don't have to okay. have pizza, but that's the <laughs> we'll, pizza place. We'll figure that out. So we're going to think, okay. <laughs> Seriously, but every other thing, the Duncan Paints, the put up the, when are we going to have a movie screen? Oh, yeah, we're working on all that. Yeah, we're working on that. Gosh, there's always yeah, yeah. something happening behind the scenes at Grognard's. That's, that's the next that's thing. That's right. That's right. Lots and lots of stuff, and that's what we—that's why we like it, right? Every time you come in, it looks a little different. That's what we like. People—people uh, people are impressed by that. So yeah, hey, no, we want to change it up a little bit every time you come in and see us. The, right. the only thing I want to mention before we run is Dragonfall. If you've got a quick second, yeah, yeah, go for uh, it. Go for Dra- it. Dra- Dra- Dragonfall is the tournament in October. It's up in Lake Geneva, um, which it's everybody. It sounds far away if you've never been there. It's really not that far away. I live in Elgin. It takes me about an hour to get there. If you drove there from my store, it would take a total of an hour and a half. So, Lake Geneva is not that far away. It's actually closer um, to me. Right, it's closer to you. So I get there it's, in it's really minutes. not that far away. People people think it sounds like it's far away if you're from Chicago. But anyway, um, all kinds of tournaments going on there. We are working. Uh, even even I've always worked with Mike and Dragonfall to kind of 
help out where I could. I'm really trying to partner more with them uh, this year. You know, Dragonfall is a 501, is it 501c3 or I always get it wrong, but they're a true charitable uh, uh, company. They're a all legit the money got they, the numbers charity. Every yeah, they're they're every, all the money that they bring in once they've paid for the space, all that money goes to charities, and um, so I'm trying to help them get some more events going on this year. We're going to be doing stuff on Friday night. I'm going to be running a Kings of War event on Friday night. Um, I know we're going to get some BattleTech probably going on uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, as well as the regular stuff, right? Age of Sigmar, 40K. We're working on a 40K friendly. We're working on uh, being Infinity again this year. And we're just trying to make it bigger and better. And uh, we'll be there as a vendor as well. So you can you can uh, reach out and, and, and touch me on, on uh, Saturday and Sunday at Dragonfall if you want to. But, yeah, just uh, encourage everybody to check it out. Registration opens, I think, the 15th of June for Dragonfall. What's the so website? I'll calendars. add it into the show notes. Uh, just just Google Dragonfall. It's two words or Dragonfall Convention, and uh, I think it's I think registration open opens up on the fifteenth uh, of June. So oh, yeah, look for us there and uh, encourage everybody to check that out. Cool. Hey man, Todd, th- thanks for being a sponsor first and foremost, and thanks for everything you guys do at that store seriously yeah so and thank you very much for, for having me and uh you know I, like i said i only got to wave at you at adepticon but i think <laughs> i think i had i know i had several people at adepticon come up and and introduce themselves and say hey i heard i'm from whatever state you know and then not local and i heard about you guys on garage hammer so wanted to come check you out and we definitely had some folks even travel to the store over the weekend because they wanted to see what was going on at grognards because they'd specifically nice. heard about a garage hammer so thank you very much because it's Awesome, seriously, guys. If you, Rose, it's. I know it's Roselle, Illinois, but it's really pretty close. You're not far from like like Woodfield, the Schomburg. It's Schomburg. Yeah, Schomburg is literally our backyard. Our our back alley. The the sign is in the next yard over that says "Welcome to Schomburg." So we're as close to Schomburg as you can get. Yeah, without actually being in Schomburg. So if if you get a sense of that, you know, if you're in this tri-state area, you know, near where Woodfield is, they're not far. They're not far. Go check them out. Go and folks. I know this should have been in the toolbox, but that's not how I edited the show. So it's kind of <laughs> near it. It's sort of, but we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to Thondia at this point. Um, Thondia is coming up. We're gonna come back. Todd, thanks for being on. Thank you. Take it easy. Brian Blessed, and you're listening to Garage Hammer. We are back. We're back. Yes, Hello. we are. Okay. Uh, the Incarnates. The Incarnates have a lot of interesting rules. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. We've this never seen rules like this before. Bananas. Okay. Yeah. First of all, it has to be bonded to a hero. Okay. I had. It took me a while to figure out how this dumb thing worked. Well, part of it was where I had to go through because you have to read this whole thing about what all these new new words mean. Because yeah. after wild form is all in caps and bold, there's some stuff that's in bold but not all in caps. I'm like, wait a minute, but oh, that's <laughs> all. That's all the rules under wild form now. Yeah, I okay. couldn't figure out how to kill it. That was the thing I couldn't figure out how to do. How do you kill this thing? You got to abolish it, which is just right. okay. So there's some crazy stuff. So first of all, you got to bond it to a hero. Yep. Okay. Uh, bonding an, an incarnate to a hero is a unique enhancement. Okay. Record which hero the incarnate is bounded to in your army roster. It cannot be bonded to more than one incarnate, and an incarnate cannot be bonded to more than one hero. Right, so and, you, you, you have to pick this instead of an artifact or something. 
Uh, I, yeah, I think so because it's a unique enhancement, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, or is bonding? I think so. I, I mean, it could be a separate in- type of enhancement. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, okay, I don't. I think you could still pick an artifact if you're bonding him. Bonding is it says is a different. It, it's a unique enhancement. So just I thought, like I thought, I thought heroes can only ever have one enhancement. No, they can only have one artifact. Isn't that an enhancement? Uh, well, if uh, spells are an enhancement, because when you get to when you when you get a battalion, you get to pick an extra enhancement, right? Which one of the enhancements you want to do? And yeah, you well, can pick yeah, extra it, spells, but if I have you, spells, I can still have an artifact. Because if you bond him to a wizard, yep, and you right, get an yep. extra, yeah. So I think this is yep, a separate right. extra thing. Okay. Uh, an army that includes an incarnate cannot include any other allied units. However, it can be included even if it exceeds the maximum point. So it's kind of like Gotrek. Yeah. Um. So if the hero is killed, it reverts to wild form. And once it's in wild form, it, it it's it's not it, it, basically whoever's closest is its enemy. Everybody's its enemy right. at that point. Okay. Um, the incarnates have states. Each state has a level and a domination range. So this kind of goes through this. Uh, here's how damage works. Okay. So you allocate wounds the same way to any other model. However, because it doesn't have a wounds characteristic, you can't kill it that way. In the battle shock phase, if any wounds are allocated to an incarnate, the commanding player rolls 3d6. If the roll is less than or equal to the number of wounds allocated to the incarnate, its level is reduced by one, and then all its wounds are healed. Whether I think that, and I think that it, it, it's period. Then all the wounds are healed. So even if it doesn't go down, all its wounds are healed. Yeah. So at the end of every battle shock phase, mm-hmm. it goes back to zero wounds taken. Correct. It's st- now this levels. It starts at a two. It can go up to three. If it goes, it's treated as okay. It's treated as having a wounds characters of eighteen for all purposes other than determining if it's killed. Mm-hmm. If it's infected by an ability that kills it without wounds or mortal wounds being allocated, the level drops. Yeah. So like if if Archeon hits it with its, its Slayer of Slayer with stuff, hand of dust, hand of dust, or if you oh, hand yeah, of, oh yeah, Sword yeah. of Kings, hand of dust. Something that would just kill it outright, uh, you just drop it a axe level. Of, axe of corn. Right. Yeah. So it drops a level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then, so if it gets down to a zero, then it's gotten rid of. Yeah. So there's ways to raise it. There's ways to drop it. It's 400 points. But that's the thing is... You you have to drop its level, so it's not a number of wounds. It's just you still. I mean, if, if you want to do a ton of wounds to it in any phase or right, any turn, you, right? Because if you do a bunch, you roll the three d six. I mean, you do eighteen wounds to it, you're always going to roll less than eighteen right. on three dice. So you'll drop it down a level. The I remember when this thing came out, only the war scroll came out the yeah. on page fifty five. It didn't have the stuff on page fifty four. Like, how do you kill this stuff? Like on the on the app, yeah. I was like, "This is crazy." So, what does this thing got? Okay, first of all, it's bravery ten, four up save, twelve inch move, and flies, and it flies. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's it's got claws and fangs from the bones, but that's just what it it does. Okay, 
Six attacks with the claws, threes by threes, two rend, two damage. One attack with the fangs, threes by twos, three rend, four damage. Yeah. So it's no slouch. Plus, Except you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, whatever level it's at, you add that to its attacks. Yep, including so, its fangs. Yeah, so, so both of empowered, it. If it's empowered, it's got four attacks with the fangs. So right. It's always going to have at least two attacks with the fangs, even weakened. Right. So it starts off at primal, which is level two. There's, like I said, there's up to three levels. So it doesn't start mm-hmm. at the top level. It starts. It can get more powerful. Yeah. So it starts with eight attacks from the claws and three from the fangs, which is a potential uh, a 16 and 12. Yeah. Uh, 28. Or not 16. Eight, 38. Eight times two. No, Eight times two is sixteen. Three, times, three times four is four, twelve. That's 12, twenty-eight. Sixteen and twelve. Yeah, twenty-eight. Yeah, uh, so a yeah. potential twenty-eight damage from this yep. thing. All right, so let's go over this. Um, it can only receive commands issued by the hero it's bonded to. So, you nothing else can command this. It makes sense. The yeah. one that's com- called it is the only one that can issue commands. If you call an all-out attack. For the incarnate. It's also received by all friendly units wholly within the domination range. Or that are within three inches of an enemy unit and have not already received a command in that phase. Right. So, because uh, it's, it's not both, right? It's all friendly units wholly within domination range that are within three inches of an enemy and have not. Oh, no, it's all those things. So they've got to be yeah. within yeah. 12 and near an enemy for all out attack. Plus, you get plus one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls for a wizard that's within domination range. What's domination range? Uh, when it starts off at a level two, it's got a 10-inch domination range that can go up to 12 or down to eight. Right. So if you give this thing all-out attack, yeah. and it's in the middle of a fight, all the things around it, because it's that it's that lore, it's that it's that bestial energy it's got. Yeah. It's going and to... It's only, at least it, I think it should affect... Every unit, not just friendly units, but that because <laughs> it should be affecting everything. But true, yeah. but it, yeah, I can see why you don't. <laughs> but if but if I'm bonding it and I'm bringing it, it's gonna benefit my guys. My guys are yeah. gonna get the benefits. Yeah. In fact, you might not because you're not part of what's being controlled by it. So you're just fighting more, like like the stormcast, fighting more animalistic. So yeah. you don't get the bonuses because you are fighting less. I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, empowerment. If a monster is slain by wounds inflicted by this incarnate's attacks. Okay, so it starts off at that level two empowerment. Right. If it kills a monster, it goes up by one automatically. Mm-hmm. So that's a way to boost it. Um, and that's another thing. If someone knocks it down to one and you're worried about it dying, go attack a monster. Go do something mm-hmm. else, right? Yeah. Now, so that's so you can boost it with a monster. And once again, if it's bonded, you get all this extra fallout attack. Now, if you die... If the hero is killed, it goes to wild form. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rules for wild form. Yeah. It gets plus, it gets plus one to hit. For attacks it, made. Yeah, it can run and charge. Uh, and if, can, it has, if it's in its wild form within a foot of a unit or an endless spell, it has to charge. Right. It has to charge. So it, and it, and once again, in wild form, everything's an enemy unit. Yeah. Um. So what else does it do? So it, can, it and it can, and it will charge an endless spell at well as well, mm-hmm. and that comes into its monstrous rampage rule in here. Okay. See, I don't know. So this incarnate is in its wild form as within a foot of a unit, or an endless spell. 
at the start of your charge phase, it must attempt a charge and must make a charge move if it is possible for it to do so. So, oh, I hear. Yeah, okay, here we go. That's yeah. and then, it's, then it's arcane predator rule kicks in. Right, so and the inflamed savagery. So once it's in wild yeah. form, it's plus one to hit. It has to charge. And the right. following effect applies to all units wholly within the domination range. The unit's commanding player can reroll run rolls and charge rolls for the unit. Because if you're mm -hmm. near it, not when it's in wild form, it's everybody. See? Right. This is when it's not controlled. It affects everybody, like we were just, you were just talking about. Everyone in its range can reroll run and charge rolls. You cannot retreat. If the unit's a wizard that is not bonded, which it can't be because it's dead, it's in wild form, right? Minus one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding rolls. So I think, I think inflamed savagery is a rule outside of wild form. Nope. Mm. Nope. It's not. I think it is. No, wild form, the effect of being in wild form has in the account is recorded here. Wild form is all caps and bold, and everything underneath, everything past that follow. Otherwise, some of these rules don't make any sense because they contradict the other rules for the bond when they're bonded. Because hmm. why would the wizard lose the stuff when the wizards are supposed to get stuff? Mm, I see, yeah. See, yeah, no, this because I, I, I was looking at this for quite some time because I didn't understand it, and I was like, no, 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 no. This is all under the wild form rules. Mm, I got you. That's, yeah, I see it's that It's confusing, but see, it's, yeah. it's all, all, like bonding, empowerment, yeah. and wild form are all caps, and everything underneath yep. it is that. Yep. Yep. So yep. then it becomes arcane predator, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is where in your charge phase, if this incarnate is 12 inches of an endless spell that was summoned by an enemy wizard, it can attempt a charge and make a charge move as long as that charge move finishes within a half inch of an enemy model or endless spell that was summoned by an enemy wizard. In addition, it can carry out the Devour Endless Spell Monstrous Rampage rule. Pick one endless spell that was summoned by an enemy wizard that's within three inches of the incarnate roll, 2d6. Add the incarnate's level of the roll. If it's greater than the casting value, the endless spell is gone, and if the incarnate's level is increased by one. On any other roll, it's reduced by one. Yeah. So can you only do Arcane Predator if this thing's in wild form? I don't know. See, uh, it, this, this that part doesn't make that part doesn't make sense. Because uh, technically, if you're in wild form, there are no enemy wizards. Well, everything's an enemy wizard. Yeah. I'm confused now too. I was certain that all of this was wild form rules. Mm -hmm. And I see what you're saying. But I'm not quite sure if that's how that goes. Oh, you know what? If I'm wrong, okay. So if Inflamed Savagery and Arcane Predator work at all times, not just wild form times, you could yeah. be right. Maybe I'm wrong. It just it, it, it seemed weird that those were not in caps. Like I said, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Because I kept going back and looking at these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... The following so applies to all units holy. So maybe maybe you're right. Oh my goodness, yeah. if you're right. So because you could use this thing to pin stuff, so you can, nothing can retreat. That makes sense. Nothing can retreat within domination range of the incarnate, because including your stuff. I you know what? maybe you're right. Stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm looking at this now. I think maybe I am wrong. Maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe the arcane predator. Maybe this isn't the wild. You know what? I think you're right. I kept looking and trying to figure out what the what why the different things were mm -hmm. written that way. Yeah. 
So like the units, so the first bullet point under Inflamed Savagery, the units commanding player can reroll runs, can reroll, yeah, rolls and charge rolls for the unit. So if you're if if you're if your friend, it's basically the commanding player is the com, is the player that's in charge. Is it oh, controlling the right, You're fight. right. So these so are your not... units can reroll run and charge rolls. Oh, so it, okay. Enemy <sighs> units cannot. I'm and an idiot. All units cannot retreat. So, okay, so this, this, actually this goes to what you were saying. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if I give the the guy who controls it, I can give the all an attack, and that can affect and help my units because it's, it's yeah. I control it. Yeah. But meanwhile, everybody in range can reroll run and charge rolls. Nobody in range can retreat. Right. Wizards not bonded, subtract from the casting rolls, and that's not an enemy wizard. That's all wizards. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I see what it is. So here where it says if the incarnate is going after an endless spell that was summoned by an enemy wizard, that keeps you from summoning endless spells just to throw them at the incarnate so that the incarnate can get rid of them and use yeah. the monster's rampage. Just keep right, because you because you, you could cheese out and yeah, you could do and you just could keep throw some back and just keep boosting it because you could have this thing devour your own endless spells. Wow. Okay, so that is so I'm I'm wrong and thank you for pointing that out. I, I get, dude, this is a little bit confusing the way they have this oh, yeah. scroll written. I can see where is this this bananas. Is yeah. is this as crazy as it seems? Like I built it. Oh. I built mine and I Oh, you did. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Um, big, right? I got to it's it's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's on a decent. I I will say this. The arms. <laughs> I don't like, and it's not. Yeah. It's 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 a it's an odd model because it's mm-hmm. like, I see what they were doing with it. I just felt like the amber lines running through it should have been more. It should have been a little more like the picture with a lot of those, because mm-hmm. it just looks like a few tendons holding together the bones. Plus, it's got that pose that I hate, and I've hated it since sixth and seventh edition. Okay, mm-hmm. and there's some people who would when the sculptors would make the monsters and I forget the names of the sculptors because I, I don't pay that much attention. Yeah. But there was a long string of monsters and the one I can think of the most right now I think is the Manticore. It's got one paw like reaching forward and down. Yeah. And the other one coming in swiping from the outside inward. It's just like the Trish Morrison. That's thing. it. And yeah. that, that's who it was. Everyone mm-hmm. Trish sculpted. It had one, like, look, it was swiping down and one swiping in from the side. And you look at this, and it's got one claw swiping in from the side <laughs> and the other down. And I've just yeah. become so – because it's one of those things that you started to see all the time in big monster sculpts. Yeah. That it's like, oh, I, please don't sculpt it that way. And this one kind of looks that way. <laughs> so I, I was trying to wrap my mind around the model itself. So I think it's supposed to be like – like bones, like, and they're supposed to be bones. connected, right? And it's supposed to be connected with like magical energy, right? Yes, and that's what the, they've painted it, it the amber energy from the piece of realm stone in the center. Right. Yeah, so that's what's in the middle is a piece of realm stone, yep. but it kind of looks like a skull. It's got a bit of a skull shape, plus all the parts that are connecting it. Like I said, yeah. in the drawings, it looks like there's tons of it just all around it, sort of holding it yeah. together. Here, yeah. it looks like it's running between. It looks like tendons. Yeah, which is confusing because it's not tendons. It's, it's not exactly. It's ma- It's supposed to be magic. It doesn't look. It doesn't look like magic. It, it, it doesn't look like magically enough for me. And it's not the magically fact that the delicious. Ma- and the fact that the magic and the realm stone rock are the same 
color is messing me up too. Well, and but that actually makes sense. But it's just I don't. There's not enough of it. You yeah. need more of that stuff going around in, in different places and different parts to look more like magic around it and yeah. less like muscle. Because that's what right. it, lo- it looks like tendons holding it all yeah. parts together. Right, but it's totally not. It's supposed it's to be not. magically, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's an odd bit of model. I think I would have painted the magically stuff green. Or something. Just, just, or blue, just so there's no doubt. Or even that smoky. This is, yeah. Can you have the realm stone with the smoke coming off of it, like the magical yeah. wispy stuff. But it, yeah, it yeah. looks it looks like muscle. It yeah. looks like muscle, uh, and and the realm stone is basically its heart. Right. So it all, yeah, it just it looks muscly. I don't. It's it's a bit odd, but it's a cool thing. And I'm glad we straightened that out because I was confused as to how this thing works. This thing is even worse than I thought it was. Now, <laughs> everything is rerolling, running charge rolls. Nobody can retreat. Any well, wizard unit- that's not bonded to is 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 doing worse. Well, it says the unit's commanding player can reroll run, rolls and charge rolls for the unit. Yeah, but it so, applies to all units, so mine and yours. The commanding player, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all units, so it doesn't matter who who owns that right. unit. It can do it. The unit cannot retreat, which is kind of cool because a lot of stuff, especially in my Night Haunt army. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that seems to be in the um, with that uh, uh, the the stuff that we've seen from uh, they've been showing about the whatchamahoozies the stuff that got leaked for the Sylvaneth. Oh, oh, the uh, the 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 flying dudes. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of this whole retreat yeah, and yeah, charge yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. if if you can't retreat, then that. Totally messes up retreat and charge. Yeah, well, the, whole, the whole Night Hunt army can do it now. The whole Ar- Night Hunt army can retreat and charge. <laughs> this thing shows up and is like, nope. What do you mean, nope? nope? Yep, not within a foot of it. <laughs> this is crazy. This is a cool thing. I want to try it on the battlefield. It, I want to see what it can yeah, do. Yeah, I definitely want to give cause it a Because you, you can't kill it in one. You have to beat it up twice. At least twice. At least twice, and, and 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 if it kills a monster or devours an endless spell, yeah, it's more than twice. And so that's two battle shock phases. You cannot take it out in less than one battle round. It's right. going to survive at least one battle round. Right. And then you're going to have to get lucky to take it down. You either got to do a ton of damage to it, which means yeah. you're putting a bunch of resources into this thing. Yeah. Or you got to get lucky, and then the defending players got to roll like you know. They roll three d six and roll a three. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, it does not have a ward, right? No, it's only got a four up save. Right, so that's its. That's the only thing that's wrong with it. Yeah, it doesn't have a ward because it's. It's. I don't know. Is I don't know if it's that hard to do. Yeah, you, you got. Know, yeah, it's a four up save. 15, you can do a lot six, of wounds. Fifteen, sixteen wounds to this thing is probably not that difficult, but. You're gonna to have to throw a unit into this thing to do that, and that's and this thing is just gonna destroy that unit. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't have a chart. It doesn't get weaker. It just does that. Six attacks minimum, or seven yeah. attacks minimum at two rend, yeah. and two attacks minimum at three rend. Yeah, four damage, three rend. Your two up save crazy stormcast dudes. Mm-hmm. Are dropping to fives, and it does yeah. four damage. Yeah, and you better believe you're going to be all out attacking with this thing. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh sure. 
And it's not like you, you, know, you, sh- you can buff it with spells, I think. I, I suppose you could. It doesn't say you can't. It doesn't say you can't. I mean, if there's something you can give it, like an extra point of boon with some kind of spell, I don't know. <laughs> Nasty. And then when it goes into wild form, it's hitting on twos. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's it's bananas. All right. Um, so that thing comes in. We've got realm rules for Thondia. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this is, this, is, this is if you're playing in Thondia in the realm of beasts. So I would assume if you're using the Thondia battle pack, these are the realm this. rules. Yeah, if you're this using is, the This is what you're using. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you get everyone. All wizards know the spell Metamorphosis. Casts on a five, 12 inches. Pick a hero that's not a monster, and it gains the monster keyword. Yep. I've seen we've seen that one before. That's a good spell, especially if you got an yeah. army that doesn't have a lot of monsters. This is a nice spell to give that boost to do that those monstrous rampage abilities. Yeah, I mean that's per, that's that's still in General's handbook. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, there's a command ability for the realm. Start of the combat phase. Give it to a monster up until the end of the phase. When you look up the value on its damage table, treat it as not having suffered any wounds. Yeah, that's a really good one too. Yep, that's cool. Um, the monstrous denizens. This is an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. After the battlefield setup, but before territories have been assigned, the players roll off. The winner can set up a monster within three inches of the center of the battlefield. It's a monstrous denizen. Any monster from any faction can be chosen. It's not part of either player's army. At the start of each battle round, before determining priority, the players roll off. In that battle round, the winner of the roll-off treats the monstrous denizen as a unit in their army, and their opponent treats it as an enemy. So before you go roll for priority, you roll to see who controls the monster. Yeah. This was actually a rule in in a tournament I went to. It was called the Midwest Rampage. That, yeah, uh, right, right. I remember you're supposed to be, you had to bring a monster. Uh huh. And then you had your two monsters, like, in the center of the battlefield before the game started. And it was kind of the same idea. Yeah. Uh, interesting thing here is once you, win, once you have control of it, the commanding player can attack it. But if you do attack it, then you're the enemy unit and they treat, then they're. Uh, uh, I'm not certain why you'd want to attack it unless there's some sort of rule in the battle pack that you need to destroy it. Oh, it's a monster. Yeah. But you get a, I mean, you, you get a victory point. <laughs> I, yeah, I suppose. But that, so <laughs> I control it. You're the enemy and I'm friendly. But if I decide, screw it, I'm attacking it, mm-hmm. then I become the enemy and you become. <laughs> yeah. It becomes a unit in your army. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, you get, I mean, you uh, get a. Interesting to get a point plus if I treat it if if some if there's any rules in the in any sort of the battle plan where losing yeah. that stuff can affect you. Now it's in your army well, and I just killed it. I mean cuz there are some some units get bonuses for killing monsters. Yeah. That's true. Uh if the monstrous denizen is a mount like you bring something that's got a rider on it, you just yeah. treat it like the rider's not on it. Right. So if you have a model that only comes with a rider. You just but there is no rider. Ignore the rider. Um, it can only use the abilities that apply to the mount and not those that apply to the rider. The players will need to decide which abilities can be used when the monstrous denizen is set up if they cannot agree roll off. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if you would get a victory point for that because you'd you'd be playing with the season of Thondia battle pack, and that rules in the. Pitch battles battle pack from the 
general's handbook. What about the getting the points for killing stuff? Killing I, a mon- yeah, for killing a monster. I don't think you'd get it. I don't know. I think that's a general rule, isn't it? Uh, it's in the it's in GHB twenty twenty one. Right, but what I'm saying is these are extra rules added on. You still play by. I mean, the, the, obviously, I there's not a well. I mean, it's not all the core rules. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, don't you can't so. choose think... an incarnate to be the monstrous denizen, but if you do that, then <laughs> then it starts in wild form. Great. You're definitely you're definitely doing that, right? If you have that thing, if somebody has one, you're definitely doing that. I I mean, come maybe. On, what's wrong with What's wrong with you? You got to. It starts do that, in wild right? form though, which means it, <laughs> yeah. it goes after everybody. <laughs> That's crazy. And then, so you're not bonded to it, but it can be in your army. Like that gets. I, I get confused as to how the rules well, work. No, with it's that. free. It's a free thing. Right, but at the start of the battle round, you roll to see which monstrous denizen. You can choose it as a monstrous denizen. You still have to roll yeah. off to see if it's in your army or the enemy's. But it's yeah, not but bonded to you. It's still in wild form. Yeah, but it will never be bonded to anybody. Right. So does it count? <laughs> so how is it in your army? It's not in your army. It's a. It's free. No, but what I'm saying is you're you're ignoring the whole part we just read. But at the start of the battle oh. round, you have to yeah, roll yeah, off yeah. and see if it's in your army or not. I don't know what that counts for, even, but it's—I mean, it's—I don't—it's. And then yeah, mysterious terrain table you can use there. Yeah. Terrain. Oh, yeah, that's where the itcher boss is. is yeah. There. Uh, skip the open play. All the narrative play. Lots and lots of narrative play. Lots oh, of God. battle packs. Yeah. I don't understand the war scroll battalions, and and that's one of the things I need to look up for when you go into narrative play because a lot of it shows mm-hmm. you those old war scroll battalions. Yeah. But they don't have any points. They used to have to pay to buy them. Now you can just have them. That they get yeah. bonuses if you just use them. Yeah. Oh, sounds great. Wonderful. All right. So uh, the strife and Thondia battle pack for matched play. If you decide, if okay. Um. So this is the battle pack, actually, though. This is the yeah. best play battle pack. So all that other stuff we read, if you're playing in in uh, in the realm, so I don't think that's part of that battle pack that we were talking about necessarily, is it? Remember sure it said, is. Oh. Uh, if you're playing Region of War Thondia, that's just playing in that region. Like if you were just... Because there's all sorts of different regions of war. Remember, that's been <sighs> since the beginning because you could play in all sorts of places. That's just right. extra rules added on top of all the rules. Region of War Thondia. Because reg- they had Region of War back when uh, Alarial was in a seed pod. They had Region of War and that whatever yeah, that ice yeah, place yeah. was they were running through. There's yeah. all sorts of those through the games. So. But this is, part, this is part of the core rules. I think... <sighs> I'm just saying core rules are core rules. They apply to everything. Let me see. Because if you... I mean, it's not a something. big deal. I don't know. We're, I mean, we're not. I'm not gonna. I'm not worried about it right now. I'm just. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. All right. So let's look at this match play stuff so we can wrap this up. We've been going for a yeah. while now, and it's getting yeah, late. Yeah, yeah. Um. So they got the basic points limit. Pick your army. All that stuff's the same. 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 All right. Core battalions. You can have prime predators, which is two to three monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunters of the Heartlands units from this cannot be picked when your opponent carries out a monstrous rampage. That's in that's in the regular. Hunters that's of the Heartlands it. is in the regular. That's in the no, GHB. That's that's in the General's Handbook 2021, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, Incarnate Ma- Masters of Gur. Um, this so, one's interesting. So remember, so like these core battalions are the three in this book. You can also pick the core battalions from the core rules, right? Which doesn't 
include now General's Handbook 2021. Right? It's only the stuff from the main rulebook. Um, it's, it's a different battle pack. That's true. It's a different battle pack. I think you might be right about that. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. This is this is the question that I have. Yeah, we've never had more than you know, the the GHB and the core rulebook before. And we've always just used what's in the GHB, added it to the core rulebook. But if we use this, yeah. then we don't use that, I guess. I, I think that's right. You, I you're, think that, you're using I think you're right. this yeah. and not and not the GHB 2021. Because it's got some of the same stuff from there, and you can't use both because you can only use one. You can only have one of these battalions. Right. Um, I do like the Incarnate Masters of Gur, which is you have, a command, a, you have the Incarnate, you have a Hero, Mm-hmm. which is the thing that it's bonded to. But then you have one to three units of troops. And the incarnate only goes to wild form when you kill off the whole rest of the battalion. So if the hero dies, it's still not wild form as long as those units are yeah. a part of the battalion, which is kind of cool if you want to keep it from going bananas. Mm-hmm. So, okay, here, check this out. On page 94 of the core rules... It mm-hmm. says, before you can wage war in a game of Warhammer Age of Sigmar, you must select a battle pack. Okay. All battle packs include sections that explain how to select the units in your army and what special rules apply when fighting battles using the battle pack. These sections are followed by the battle plans that are used for fighting battles using that battle pack. And then there's a thing on the side that says, sometimes a battle plan will require you to pick the location in the mortal realms where the battle is taking place. Depending on the location you pick, one or more realm rules will apply in the battle. These rules will be included in the battle pack that is being used. Okay. So this Strife and Thondia requires you to play these five missions. Like, you don't have a choice. You have to play these five missions. Uh-huh. And, you have, and you have to use the Realm Sphere Magic and Realm Command Realm rules found on page 56, which is Region of War Thondia. <laughs> That's a pretty backhanded way of saying you have to use. Okay, so you have to use these realm rules. Yeah. But these realm rules are just added on top of the core rules. Well, because you're still the core rules are still the core rules. Core rules are core rules, but if you're using the Strife and Thondia battle pack, it requires you to play one of these five battle plans that are in this book, and all of these required you to use. The Region Magic and War. Realm Command rules on page right. fifty-six. Right, right, right. Okay, that's that's a pretty that's a roundabout way of making you do that. Yeah, it's all over the place. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so then you've got grand strategies for this battle tactics. Yeah. And um, okay, let's take a look at this. So these, so these, so these battle tactics are all different. After you, you pick, use- you must use a grand strategy from the list below. Yeah. So you if you're playing, if these. you're playing Thondia, you have to use all of this, and you can't use the other stuff. Correct. Interesting. And then you got a score sheet. Oh, and it's interesting because it's got all five. If Strife and Thondia scoring sheet. Yes. Yeah, if you're what playing you're supposed a campaign, to do. you got to play yeah. all. You got to play all five. Because yeah. it's a campaign. Yeah. It's a, it's so you can. It even gives you. It's like you can even do this on your own. You can just play five battles, and then you just do your own kind of self-contained yeah. campaign with this. Yeah, that's kind of what... That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah, it's really neat, actually. There's some really neat stuff. See, this is a cool pack. It's a little confusing. Yeah, it is. It's conf- because we've not had this before. 
Right. We've had the core rules in the GHB, and we always just did what was in the GHB and mm-hmm. added it to the core rules. Now they're giving you something that actually would replace the yeah. battle pack in the GHB. Correct. That's. Th- when does the GHB normally come out? Fall. It's the fall. Okay. We've had this discussion before. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I don't. It's, there's so many ways to play now. There's so much happening. They are literally just being like, "Here, right. there's some cool stuff. You right. want to so play Thardia? Play it. You don't ignore it." Right. So you kind of have to decide with your opponent who, which battle pack you're going to play now, because now you have a choice. Yeah. If you own you this options. one, yes, you can have this options to do this, and then the incarnate is in this. But I suppose that do you have to play this if you take an incarnate, or can you just take an incarnate and play in the regular stuff? Uh, uh, it doesn't say you have to play this battle pack to take an incarnate. I I don't think it. Yeah, yeah, I think you can just take it. So crazy that that incarnate is bananas. <laughs> I I, I kind of want to try it. It looks easy to paint. Oh sure, yeah, it's just bone and and orange. I mean, yeah, or I, whatever yeah. color you're going to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Thondia. Yeah. Sorry it it's, took us so long to get to it, but we both had to get it and read it, and there's a lot in there. There's a lot more than I expected. And yeah. we didn't even cover a bunch of this stuff. Like, we literally skipped the bestiary because it's not yeah. necessary. We literally skipped over narrative play. Between narrative play and the bestiary, that's like over. That's a third of the book mm-hmm. that we didn't and, even bother to cover. And we talked about it for almost two hours. Yeah, these battle plans are kind of cool too they are cool <laughs> oh man there's some i mean everything in here has got like a raiders blockade occupy repel you know yeah, there's, there's i mean there's, definitely there's one attacker basic... defenders attacker ambusher there's clash in the borderlands is the one sort of basic and i use that in quotes setup where you each just sort of set up on your long edge of your board yeah then the next one you're taking each each you is the the, the board is quartered and you're each taking a corner Mm-hmm. Then the next one, you're lining up on your uh, your your long's edge, and I'm taking the opposite, uh, taking a corner. Yeah, ambush and attackers territory. You've got over three quarters of the board, and I've got this little corner to come at you at. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, you're taking the L shape on the side, so you're not going mm-hmm. along the whole side edge. You're going along three quarters of the long side, and then half the short side. They're, right. They've, they everything's got special rules, special setups. Right. And then the glorious victory, like some of these, all you have to do to win is just, you just have to have the relic at the end. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Grab your thing. <laughs> Hold on to the thing. Yeah. And because, yeah, that's all you got to do is steal the relic. Okay. And then, and then if you look, the, the, the battle plans go in order. You know what I mean? You like, the battle plan is like the prize. The next one is the trap where you, in the prize, you get the relic. Someone's going to find it. And then in the trap, you try to steal it back from that other guy who got it last game. It's yeah. And there's some weird ones. This first one that clashes the borderlands. You got the the raiders, okay. Mm-hmm. And just to give you an idea, it says okay. At the end of the battle, each player totals the points values of the units in their army that raided enemy territory. Which means you left the battle. You walk off. You walk off the opposite table edge, and you you leave, and you oh, get those okay. victory points. <laughs> you know, there there used to be a. Uh, oh, that's right. Eight, there was an eighth edition battle like this, I think, wasn't there? Yeah, seventh or eighth, one of those. So you total the value of the armies that raided. 
Yeah. If a rating unit has less than half the models it started the battle with, it only contributes half the points. So when it gets off the edge, you yeah. got to know how many models are in it when it runs off the edge. Right. And that sounds familiar. Remember, they used to do that. You used to count. If you didn't kill... The unit, you killed, a like, unit at less than half strength was only worth half points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... You get off. So you got to get to the other end of the table. You get off the table, and you count up those points. If yep. one player's total is at least two hundred points higher than the other po- opponent, that's the right. major victory. So right. you literally are running, a, trying to get across the table and get off the board. <laughs> yeah. More than your opponents are, and it's right. getting harder and harder because the quicker you get some units across the board, now you're leaving yeah. these other few units with less things to get across the board. Yeah. Right. So now this also this. This makes you pick something. This makes you choose an art. If you're going to play all five of these ma- these battle plans in order, it makes you bring a varied list. You should, you'd have to be you have to use the same list in all these battles, dude. It's That's a campaign, like, right? That's part of the deal. You have to use the same army. Okay, and, and of course you know what's going to happen after you play through this once. You're going to be yeah. people like us. You're going to be like, okay, now let's throw in some house rules. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, if you lost the battle, then you don't get. To, then some of the stuff you had that died doesn't get through. Or if the guys didn't yeah. get through to the next raid, anybody yeah. who doesn't get through is not in the next. Ba- like we start oh, yeah, screwing with sure. each other and playing right. up all sorts of rules because that's where this gets really fun. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm it. excited about this. Like, I, I, there's so much neat stuff happening mm-hmm. in this. And now that I understand, now that we sat down and talked about it, I. I and I know people are listening. Like, Maybe you should have talked about that before you did the show, so you understood what you're <laughs> talking about. But I kind of like just talking through it with you. Like we both read it, yeah. and we're both getting our first impressions and talking through it. That's right. what makes this show fun. You want right. to understand everything first time you hear it? Go listen to Rob. He's he goes to the rules. <laughs> he does that stuff. Yeah. I'm just having fun. All right, dude. We got to wrap it up. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta sleep. So okay. let's do this. Um, God, this is cool. So Thondia, thumbs up, right? Oh yeah, I love it. It's cool. Very cool. cool. And so we're gonna we're gonna push back. Uh, just so everyone knows, we're pushing back the uh, Path to Glory episode again because we're gonna do Night Haunt next. Cause Night Haunt. Oh my God! I'm so excited. That, that <laughs> talk about something that I don't know if it's good or bad. I just know it's completely different. Yeah. It is a completely different book now. We you have Night Haunt versus Night Haunt. The way you used to play it. My Emerald Host. What are you gonna play? I think I'm gonna play Emerald Host. Um, My guys are all painted green. Whatever the second one on the four that were listed on the four were, I forget what it was, but it's the bottom of that first page when they list all four of them and their special rules. Uh, what is it? Because I don't have the book in front of me. Yeah, I'll get it. It is night on, night on, night on. Grieving Legion. I think that's the one. That's the first page uh, bottom. That's it. Is that the is that the, that the Lady Olinder one? Maybe I don't remember. Mm. I know it wasn't the one with the with the Dreadside Heritans, and I don't think okay. it was the super fast one either. The Emerald Host is the one that curses people. Oh, okay. There's cool stuff. We're gonna talk all about that <laughs> next episode because boy, oh boy. Okay, <laughs> let's just do it now. Come on. Yeah, I know. We got. I can't. I gotta go to bed. We have a six-hour episode. No, and I'm tired Hunt of those episodes. Episode. <laughs> can't do six-hour episodes anymore. <laughs> I already okay. hurt my kids' feelings yelling okay. at them to shut up. So. Oh, okay. All right. So, folks. <laughs> once again, we gotta thank our sponsors, Kazork Superstore, and. 
um, Six Squared Those Studios, and yeah. Grognards. Also, mm. our Patreon patrons, all of those guys. Thanks again to our associate producers, Christopher Sanders and Jake C. Our executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne. Thank you all for being part of the Almost 1% who makes this show and all the things we do on it possible. All right, Chris. Um, I'm going to crank this out probably. I'm going to try to crank this out tomorrow before I go see Weird Al. Nice. Uh, if not, it'll be right after that. Um, and then we'll, you and I will be recording in about four or five days. Cool. Get that Night Haunt stuff out. So that's the plan. But, folks, until then, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. Or Sigmar! Brrr.